On today's show. Hello. Hello? Who is this? Howard reunites with singer, songwriter, and seven-time Grammy winner, Billie Eilish. Do you ever worry that, like, it almost happened to you too fast, all this recognition? If this hadn't happened at that age, I would have been doing some reckless shit. You know what I mean? I'm out of Christmas. I love Christmas. And uh, I should say, Sirius XM has like eight Christmas channels. Why you're listening. Yeah. Well, like all different styles. There's country Christmas. There's uh, acoustic Christmas. We're on the acoustic Christmas mostly, but um, it's very good. Very good service, this Sirius XM. I recommend it. Yeah, I noticed yeah. They, were, they were promoting their Christmas channel this yeah. weekend during the different shows I watched. I guess it was the four shows that watched about football. They had a TV commercial for the Christmas yeah. channel? Wow. Spending a little do-re-mi. To huh? their Christmas channel. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> I like to see that. Look. I want you the know, company they're not be... up for very long. they got to make sure people know. Yeah, no, there's like eight of them. I'm telling you. And they're good. I mean, you put them on and you have Christmas and my wife's happy. Um, you know, provided we can get them. The, um, That's what we just spent, provided you can get them. Well, we just spent a fortune, you know, putting in a whole new audio video system because oh, the last did? one was crappy and now the new one's crappy too because <laughs> it, it just go, it goes out every minute. <laughs> what are you talking about? Everybody uh, has figured it out already. No. Why can't your people put one in that works? I don't know. This weekend, we tried to watch a uh, Christmas movie. I didn't watch it, but uh, Beth was watching it on Hallmark, and <laughs> the sound went out. Like, it was oh. just like, well, you know, it just, I don't know. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Those Hallmark movies, yeah. you really don't need sound. <laughs> yeah, I'm this close to jumping out the window. 
<laughs> well, then you'll just break a leg or something. It's not that no. high, is it? <laughs> like I've said to the guy, you told me that my last company sucked and you were going to come in and be my savior. And all I had to do was spend a couple of bucks. But, um, hadn't you already spent a couple of bucks? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm oh, embarrassed so to tell you. I'm embarrassed to tell you. But I don't think I've spent more money on anything in my life than on my TVs. It's more expensive TVs. than the house now, isn't it? <laughs> I took a walk with my wife the other day when TV's been invented. People are watching it. Why am I not able to? <laughs> I tell you, I'm laughing, but I'm really not. No, it's so terrible. Crazy. That's what Speaking you should of- be able to... Do you should be able to sit down, turn on your TV, and watch it. No, not in my house. <laughs> Don't ask. And then I just get upset because then my wife goes, like she complains to me, and she goes, "Well, what is this?" Like, and then I feel like I'm responsible. She goes, "You're the I man like the in the old- house. These are the things you're supposed yeah. to make work." Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then I have to call and yell, and nothing happens anyway. Uh. It's such a fucking disaster, but what do I know? Um, I was looking, the guys were telling me that Ronnie, the limo driver, Mund, with his Twitter account, it's Titty City Monday on his account. And I said, you know, oh. all you guys do is talk about Ronnie's Twitter account with the naked girls. I don't think I've ever once seen Ronnie's I've Twitter account. I've never seen it, yeah. So I just went on it like two seconds before I opened the mic and I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's like already this morning and it's only what seven o'clock in the morning. He's already put up six titty, titty girl pictures and one ass picture all oil, like oily ass picture. It, where he is, isn't it like four o'clock in the morning? <laughs> and it's, and, and no streaks. offense to these young ladies. I mean, all right, look, look, you're just not fucking hot. I mean, Ronnie has no You see aesthetic. faces or just asses? I don't know what you're seeing. Uh, the faces are It's just like gigantic, like... Ass streaks. The, the women, you know, it doesn't look like Playboy. And I know, I mean, I know it gets, opens up a whole can of worms with people's bodies and stuff, but... Even Playboy saying, will open up a whole can of worms. You can't say yeah. anything these days. Right. But, I mean, it's just, it doesn't seem to be that Ronnie has any quality control. Thank I, you God. Know, I, Other women wouldn't get laid if Ronnie was <laughs> managing I know. to have quality control. <laughs> like, Ron, we're, like, do you think, are these supposed to be hot chicks? Like, seriously, dude, what what's going on with the quality control on your Twitter account? I, I don't pick I don't pick those girls out. If you notice, Who does? I'm, retweeting, I'm retweeting some other guy's stuff that he puts up every morning. Understood, but, but it's then but, reflective of you, though, Ronnie. Don't you yeah, have I'm, any quality Robin, control? Robin, this is not this is not rocket science shit, you know. Science. No, but shit, but, yeah. but Ron, I'm tuning into your Twitter to see what you think is hot. So I understand if you retweet a hot chick, but th- why are you just retweeting whatever this guy does? Because because the guy's the guy. Okay, this guy's been doing this for for years already, and yeah. and I feel bad for him. He's I he's like a bedridden dude and anything to put What's up with your connection man i feel bad for the guy what do you mean what do he say robin uh you're you're breaking up what he what do he said, say uh he's uh bedridden no the guy the guy is bedridden okay yeah yes he, so he's, what's that got to do with you he, no he's a very sickly guy 
Yeah. He's got issues, you know, health okay. issues. And I understand. This is, this, this is his big deal, I think, to put up these pictures. And if I retweet him, you know, I make him happy. So it's, it's you know, it's it's a thing I do. It's him. his bit of charity, Howard. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were such a good-hearted man. He's a philanthropist. I so you're putting up pictures. Like, I don't know the whole backstory about this dude. I'm retweeting who, him. I'm retweeting. Yeah, but what I'm telling you, I don't know any of that. I'm tuning in. And I'm looking at Ronnie's Twitter feed, and I go, Ronnie, man, has no fucking taste. <laughs> you know what you I mean? You won't be back to this site? There's some, there's some, hot, <laughs> no. there's some hot chicks on there. What are you talking no. about? Where? You did, where? Okay, Name here. one. Pick Look one. Look what I see. One, no. Two, no. Three, no. Four, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Five, okay, those two girls are hot. And that one, right. uh, come on, dude. The, yeah, one, you know, one out of six. Dude, it's, it, it's, it's not like a... <laughs> dude. It's not like what? You I'm trying to be nice to the guy. I'm trying to be nice. But but why can't you be nice with one picture? Like, if he, like, why do you have to retweet everything he does? I don't know. I don't get it. That's all I'm saying. I just do it every morning for the guy. Mm -hmm. Every morning. Wow. Okay. And what's his deal? I mean, like, what is he like? Does he have a business out of this or? No, no. I'm telling you, the guy, the guy is. I can't no, take I, his connection. I don't I know his back story, but I know he's had some. He's had he's oh, had some boy. major issues. He's had some oh. major issues with health. And a couple of times, supposedly, he was gone for a while. Like he almost died and stuff. So I just feel bad for the guy. And so the way you're helping him is by retweeting naked girl pictures? Why not? What's the that big deal? That is so deal? fucked up. Dude. That's fucked that's up. That's the most crazy fucked up story I ever heard. Do. <laughs> Ronnie's philanthropy starts with finding guys who are ill and retweeting their naked titty pictures. No matter Dude, what they look I, like. He doesn't even I look. Did, just I didn't retweet, find retweet, the guy. Retweet. Retweet. And no matter what the guy puts out, there's no quality control. I mean, you know, this girl, okay, a nice girl and everything. I don't have anything against her, but hardly worth looking at her naked. I mean, How do you know all these closer. girls even wanted to be tweeted in the first place? Good Lord. Man. All right. There's a well, lot of pictures, too, of girls. he's getting these pictures... He's getting the he's obviously getting he's getting the pictures off the internet, obviously. Right. Somewhere. Whatever. Okay. Go ahead, Robin. Go ahead, Robin. Thanks for no, the No, no, no. I'm just saying you don't know what you're retweeting. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm retweeting. I do you ever say no? I retweet them. Do you I look do, at I, them? There's some there's some I do not uh put up. Oh, okay. All right. There's oh, I can't imagine control. what those look like. <laughs> okay, Robin. Thanks wow. for the phone call, by the way. If he's rejecting some, I'm still, I'm still all waiting. Got through. I'm, I'm still waiting. Rejecting? I am still waiting for my call back from you from three months ago. <laughs> no, maybe she doesn't want to. Not three months ago. Yeah, I'm on my yeah. way. You're on. You're the next on the list. <laughs> I'm not answering. Why do you? That's what why I'm do thinking. you want to call, call from Ronnie? Ronnie. Now he's not going to answer. You called her. She didn't call you back. Get over it, dude. Quit begging. I'm calling him. Okay, yeah, but who cares? I'm not maybe you, here. I call, did you ever? I did you ever think say, that maybe you're not that hot. fun to talk to? It's not good. True. He is fun. To then talk don't to. then don't fucking talk to me. I don't give a shit. Right? Okay. Exactly. He's like, good. I can't believe I called Robin. She hasn't called me back. Like, like she's fucking dying to uh, 
woman almost lost her life. You think she's going to spend one precious moment making calls she doesn't want to make? She doesn't want to call you. Get over it. Okay. I got I mean, I'm really? over it now. Dude, I'm over it. Believe me. She calls me like 10 times a day. So there you go. <laughs> Just yeah, shows you. She's got shit. time yeah, if you're interesting. You, yeah. you know, yeah. I didn't even right. know I was off last week. I was thinking, is this my, was this a week off or did we work this week? Because I talked to Howard so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a work week. Yeah, I even I said to her almost every day. I said, uh, I said, what about Ronnie? You're gonna call him? She goes, I don't have any time. But we, she was on her <laughs> seventh hour with me. Forget it. She doesn't right. want to call you. Uh, there, Get I'm telling it. you. Get over it. She likes you, but don't she doesn't like you that much. Honey. Don't okay. Him. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> call me. Call me. Call me. Please call me. I'm not big. I didn't beg her to call me. Where's my call? <laughs> Jesus. By the way, I got Ronnie's Christmas card, and I knew oh, yeah? it was exactly what I thought it would be. There's a picture of him and Stephanie. It's real tiny. You can hardly see them. And then two pictures of Las Vegas. Like no, he's Mr. Vegas. Dude, it's not pictures of Las Vegas. Vegas. What the fuck are you yes, talking is. about? I got the card. It's a I picture got the card. of the Wait a minute. It's a boy that you can't see very well. Well, I can't. What, what You're absolutely is it, right. Ronnie. <laughs> it's right. a pic. All right. It's a pic. It's a picture of me and Stephanie at a wedding in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. And then it's a picture of the seven train. Oh, and next to the picture of the seven train gets signed. It's not pictures. What did he of say, Robin? <laughs> what did the, he say? The seven train, I think he said. Yeah. yeah. What's it's seven a picture train? of the seven train. It's a picture of me and Stephanie at, at in Mexico. And then it's a picture a small it's two small pictures. One of the seven train and one of the Vegas sign. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> Mr. Vegas. Okay. I knew Las Vegas. What does the seven train have to do with Vegas? What are these pictures? I don't know. Because we fucking left New York. Uh, Figure it out, okay? We left New York. I couldn't figure it out. You have to now figure out what Ronnie's trying to say. First of all, because he put three pictures on the cover of his Christmas card, you can't can't see him. Dude, you can't see him. Picture, please. The fucking card. Oh, don't worry. I already did. Yeah, I will not, never, I will never send, I will never send you a fucking card again. Don't worry about it. I'm just commenting. Like I knew it was going to be. Card. No, no, no. I knew she it was going to be Las yes, Vegas. She did. I knew it was going to be Las Vegas. It's not. It's one He's fucking like, little picture of Las Vegas. What the fuck are you well, talking about, dude? There's three pictures. So one picture is one third of the card. The other yeah, card of the train, I didn't even know what that was. How do I know that's the seven train? Who the fuck could see it? It's so small. And then there's a little tiny picture of you and Stephanie. See, now you just said it's small. You, now, first it was two big he pictures. Said now it's small two, and he couldn't now it's, see what it was. I said it's yeah. three pictures, oh, God, three please. tiny pictures. Get out of here. Why don't you yeah, consult why do me I send, before you... Why the fuck did I send you a fucking card to begin with? I don't know why. Because you want everyone to see you're in Vegas. No, we know everybody it. knows. We, know we don't know he's in. Everybody right knows I'm here, okay? And I. So then, why do you have card. to do that in your Christmas I, card? I didn't fucking make the card. First of all, okay, I never do. That's not so, my. He's deal. always getting you, out of it that way. He didn't That's make right. his Twitter account. He didn't make his card. <laughs> but everything no, I made, happens I made, to I made, him. I made the fucking Twitter account. I know what I do. No, on my no, it's account. that other guy, the guy who's ill, the guy it's in the bed. Pictures. He puts up the pictures every morning. He's a good dude. Leave him alone. And Ronnie fucking picking on him now. And Ronnie's wearing his skull T-shirt in his Christmas picture. Yeah, to show you what a badass he is. 
He thinks he's Wayne Newton all of a sudden. Mr. Las Vegas with the skull T-shirt. Dude, that's not. Dude, that picture is three years old. <laughs> Vegas, <laughs> Mr. Vegas. Breaking my. I wasn't even Vegas. living in Vegas. What are you talking? About? Vegas. But you I'll put bet you it the... on your Christmas card this year. Yeah. No, of Stephanie he put it on the Christmas card. Okay. Uh, what is the, the card signed? Is it Ronnie and Stephanie? No, yes. no. You know what it says? It's from what? the bedridden guy. He signed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and your card is cool. Whatever your card. I, I don't even get a card, so. No, I didn't send you one. Good. You're not getting one. <laughs> don't. Don't send me your card. He says please. here, Ronnie retweets naked pictures from many accounts, not just once. So he doesn't. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, but there's no but quality you control. You're you know tweeting what? that one because he's bedridden. Why do you tweet the other ones? Why not? What's the big deal? Well, then it doesn't make his special. It's just exactly just retweeting. No it, may, no, it does make his special because I do his every fucking morning. Every yeah, day. But, but wait a second. The, your whole premise was the reason you retweet the guy in the bed is he's very sick and right. you feel bad for him. But then, it, then you go out and retweet all other naked pictures from other accounts. So it's not, it's not like you're doing it for him because he's bedridden. <sighs> okay, I got to get out of this. Yeah, get out of it. Okay, get just just get out of it because you're not making any sense anyway. <laughs> get out of here. <sighs> Nothing makes sense anymore. No, it's my no. my man Ronnie. You got to get oh, off anyway. We got to work on his equipment. Your, your equipment's yeah. horrible. You're breaking up all over the place. Seriously. It's a bad morning here. I was going to get to Ronnie's. Um, Ronnie wrote an updated winter poem. Oh, yeah? Which, yes, I did. Which I'm sure mentions that, like, now he has great winters in Vegas. That's I'm right. sure that's, that's right. what it is. That's what I'm guessing. But I would have him read it now, except uh, because of his connection, we're going to work on that, and then I'll, I'll get him on tomorrow. All right, Rombo. Thanks. Got to straighten right. you out. I just straighten you out. Straighten it. I'm fine. No, you're not fine. We got to get you a better connection. That's what it sounds like when you talk. <laughs> All right, Rombo. Rombo in Vegas. Yep. Yeah, I, I started it. getting uh, my Christmas cards from. Thanks, Ronnie. That's where you guys turn off Ronnie's mic and go fix it. Okay. There we go. <laughs> you didn't get his christmas card yet i i haven't seen it yet i got gary's yeah but uh ronnie's is the best i knew he said to my wife i saw the return address from ronnie i go i guarantee you the front of this thing has a vegas reference right because he's Vegas. selling this, he's Vegas, Vegas. He went to Vegas. Vegas is to everything Vegas. now. Everything. It's the greatest. Nothing wrong with it. Can't find one. You thing know, the wrong one thing it. I didn't say was I can't believe. Remember what his room looked like that he broadcast from in Queens when he lived there. Yeah. He has managed to recreate it. It's <laughs> <laughs> not easy. Not easy. It's amazing. Looks like he's in the same place. We were off last week, so I uh, for, I have never listened to an audio book before. And um, 
I mean, so much to talk about with Christmas and, you know, something else just popped in my head while we're talking about Ronnie and Christmas and Sirius XM's eight channels of Christmas music. But um, we we started getting Christmas gifts this week from people. We send out our Christmas gifts like uh, we just kind of sent them out. We just got it done. Beth was in charge of all Christmas gifts and getting them out. She uh, did it all herself, and we have quite a hefty list. I would imagine, yes. Yeah. But um, she handled the whole operation. I didn't want to get involved. It makes me crazy. I had to send out like 10 of them personally, and I was just going nuts from it. I was going nuts from sending out <laughs> Christmas cards. I fucking hate this time of year. Beth loved it. I hate it. I, I hate- don't know why you hate it so much. You, you just hate the whole, doing anything? Yeah, I just hate I hate the intrusion of it all. The the con- with the gifts and the gifts and the gifts. I I would much rather take all the money I spent on gifts. And I know some people do this. They just say, "Hey, a donation was made in your name and give yeah. it to charity." Because to me, that's what I think is important, but Beth says we can't do that. There are people in our life like Robin I, you, you know, could do you, that with my. I would, no. I would be fine. You've done enough for me. You've given me no. amazing gifts over the years. You could do anything you want. No, I got you something. Um, you know, and then there were people in our life who you just can't send. Like, hey, we made a donation. First of all, nobody believes you made a donation. You know, number we, one, we, number we two, we believe you spent about five bucks. If that's right, you know, tell that's what, what I always think. Is. That's what I think. There's a friend of mine every year. Uh, we made a donation to the following charities, and it's like a list of 75 charities. I go, did you give $75 million? Because, uh, you know, how many fucking charities no, can you a name dollar. <laughs> A dollar for each charity. I don't buy. I think you should have to put how much money you donated. That's right. I want to know what was donated in my name. You ain't kidding. I don't even like donating to charity, but I do it. I have said to every charity I donate, I got a pretty long list. I said, the one thing you could do for me, I'm going to give you this money. Don't send me any mail all year. Don't solicit me. Don't even thank me. Don't just leave me the fuck alone. But they won't do it. Well, it makes me think they don't need this money. They got plenty of money to mail all this crap out to people. I, I give money to my alma mater. And I do it anonymously. And I go, I don't want anyone to know I gave the money. I don't want anybody to know anything. Next thing I know, I'm getting letters from every fucking faculty member, from every student <laughs> I help. You know, dear anonymous. Do they know what anonymous means at that university? But, but, but I get the letter, dear anonymous. The reason I give anonymous <laughs> is so, but it's dear anonymous. Oh, that's hysterical. I don't want this. I don't want to be bothered. I know I'm doing good. And but then, they you know, just say, he, you know, let's try to tap that well again. I even hate getting Christmas cards. I get so fucking annoyed. I get this big pile of mail that I got to open because everyone addresses them to me. You know, it ends up in they, my they don't say Beth at all. They just say Howard. If they if it says Beth and Howard, it goes to Howard. <laughs> and I said to Beth, I even said, would you do me a favor? You love Christmas. Go through all these cards. You know, you can go through my mail. I got nothing to hide. Open up my mail, take out all the cards, and then any people you know I don't care about, 
throw it right out. <laughs> and anyone you think you would like be, it. <laughs> you know, like there are certain people you got to look at their card. Yes. Like Baba Booey. I always uh, like seeing uh, him. You consider that an obligation? I look no. forward to that. Well, that I do. Year. That's what I'm telling you. She knows I like to see. I love looking at the two boys, his sons. Yes. I love how they're taller than Gary. Well, I that, love that was what was wrong with his card this year. They yep. didn't do a group photo. I like seeing Gary uh, looking like odd man out in that family. That's right. The beautiful his wife. Beautiful Mary. Beautiful kids, <laughs> yeah. all tall, and yeah. handsome, and beautiful, and then Gary it. somehow like sneaks into the picture. <laughs> and, and and then the most annoying thing is we started getting some Christmas gifts. You're actually guilty of this once in a while. We got no no note who sent it. Yeah, we got I, in the pandemic. I had to make that mistake because sometimes I was sending them directly to you without them ever being with me and i couldn't some sometimes they didn't have any way of me designating that we got two christmas gifts so far i have no idea who sent them and i think they spent some money now i don't know who to blame because these companies a lot of companies say do it here's what you could do at christmas send us your list of people and we'll send out the gifts right now if these companies are forgetting to put in a note they should go fuck themselves. That's another thing that happens, yes. So here, I got I got a book in the mail. No return address, except for a bookbinding company. A It is a first edition. I hope this isn't from you. No, it's not. Okay. I didn't get it's you a, a book. <laughs> it's a first edition um, signed book. Called Depths of Glory by Irving Stone. I don't know what the relevance is there. I've never read this book, but it's a first and Irving edition. Irving Stone means nothing to you. Nope. And uh, and it's signed by him. And I looked it up. The first edition book goes for two hundred seventy nine dollars. It's an expensive Ooh. gift, but they ripped all the pages. You can't read the book because they carved a cat into the pages. Of the book, like when you hold it up sideways, you can see a cat. They made like a That's little artwork. Weird. It's a so fucking weird. They did that too. Yep, they mutilated it to make a cat, and we're not even sure what the hell this thing is. Who sent it? And I'm like, well, did they? Did some one of my friends order this for us? And now there's no card, and we'll never know who it's from. Wow. And we, and we were gonna. I said, you know, this could be. We we have a couple of people we think it could be from. And there's no company even a call to ask them who sent this to us. And no return address, no postmark, nothing, nothing that you could follow nothing. it up with. Then we got a cake from Dolce and Gabbana. The the I thought they were a fashion They're line. They're designers. Dol they don't make cakes. <laughs> they do. They that's that's what I learned. They made a cake. Oh. And it was sent to us a Dolce and Gabbana cake. No no information no card and it wasn't from dolce and gabbana no we, we don't have a relationship with them as far as i know they wouldn't send us a cake what the fuck i mean you know maybe they tell you if they sent you a cake <laughs> yeah i mean they probably announce it and say hey asshole mention us on the radio we're sending you a free cake <laughs> a dolce and gabbana cake and the signed edition of depths of glory 
And I don't know who sent it to us. And, and again, I don't know whether it's these companies who ask you to sign up and they say they'll take care of everything. But there's no, there's nothing. We get these mm. gifts and we don't know who they're from. And it's sad. People spend good money on this stuff. I imagine this Dolce & Gabbana cake is expensive. I've got a gift I have to show you that I got around Thanksgiving. A friend of mine texted me and said, did you get my gift? And I said, no. She said, we sent you a box of flowers, a box of roses. And so I'm thinking a box of roses. You know how boxes of roses come? Yeah, sure. And I'm like, well, if something like that came, they would have brought it to me if I didn't see it. And she said, well, it says it was delivered. And so I go back into this room where I'm collecting all my Christmas gifts. And I see this odd box that I didn't buy. It was this. Wait, how Let me do see. I show this to yeah, you? Yeah, other direction. The camera. There, there, I got it. You're on it. You see that? Yeah. That's a box of roses. Oh, it's, it's three inches tall. But these are live roses. Wow. You can't water them or touch them or take them out of this box. But they're hmm. growing. How long do they last? Up to three years. Get out of here. Is that really true? That's I read everything about it because I'd never seen anything like this Get before. They even have a fragrance. Hmm. What are you going to do and with that? It looks like a tissue box, actually. I know. So I had to write all over it, don't touch this and don't water it because I don't want anybody to kill it. I want to see if I can keep it going for three yeah. years. Yeah. All right. That's a good gift, though. I like that. Yeah, it's very cute. I had never, apparently there's some company, where's that camera? In New York that does that. See, And they came up with a technique to create a rose. I'll tell you why I like that. I hate flowers. I hate when people send flowers. It's like sending you a pet. I don't want to take care of flowers. I feel <laughs> bad for flowers when the water starts running out. They must be thirsty. I assign human feelings to flowers. <laughs> I don't want that. Now, that I don't mind. I don't have you to don't water them. You don't have to them. do anything to it. And they grow for three years? Fuck that. I'll, I'm in on that. That's okay. I'm going to send that to you. <laughs> look at this. The guys just looked this up. That book I got, Depths of Glory. Uh-huh. Here's the here's the book description. Camille Pissarro was a brilliant, prolific painter and father of the Impressionist movement. I'm not a big Impressionist guy, but okay. His struggle to be seen and survive the rejection of the art establishment is set against 19th century Europe. So obviously, this is a friend of mine who who knows that you're a painter. Hmm. But why would they carve a cat into the book? I guess because they know we love cats, so it's like for but Beth that and for me. The book. Maybe it's a cool thing you show your friends, like you go, "Hey, look at the binding of the book," or the, the whatever the opposite of the binding is. Look at the pages, and you'll see a cat. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? I wish people would just donate to my wife's charity. <laughs> Yeah, Ronnie says, Ronnie was just sent an entire tiki bar. No card and no idea who sent it to him. There you what? go. Same thing. Tiki yeah. bar, whatever that is. Yikes. But Ron, what's a tiki bar? That sounds expensive to me. Like a bar. Vegas. <laughs> now he's... He, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Um, it's some kind of a bar that... We have it. You have to put it together, but it took two UPS guys to bring it into the house. That's how big this thing is. 
the box, like a bar, like a and, like a bar that yeah. you walk up to. Yeah, that wow. goes out. That goes outside. You, you put it, you know, outside your backyard. And I have no idea who sent it. No card. No note. No nothing. This is what I'm talking about. It's frustrating. Now I gotta figure if someone spent the money on a tiki bar, they they're assuming there's a card involved. These companies don't put the card. See, that's what I'm talking about. I got a major beef with these guys. If I had a company and I'm advertising, buy your Christmas gifts with us, there's got to be a card involved. Yeah, you got to give attribution. Attribution, part of, of course, it. Robert. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, w- I, w- I was looking at the news. And the heck was I talking about? Well, anyway, I was looking at the news. And uh, I saw that the guy from Fox News, Chris Wallace, the son of the legendary Mike Wallace, one of the greatest reporters ever from 60 Minutes. Mike Wallace had a son. And his son is Chris Wallace, which is the worst thing he could be, because if Mike Wallace is like one of the greatest reporters that ever lived, investigative journalist and developed 60 Minutes, was one of the founding fathers of it. Why the fuck would you pick journalism as your profession? You're not going to do better than your father. You're always It's always going to be, hey, there's Mike Wallace's kid. You know, and um, I can't think of a worse fate. But you know what? I always liked Chris Wallace on Fox News. I always thought he was a level-headed guy. He wasn't asked an embarrassment, for, certainly. <laughs> no, the guy actually pulled it off where you kind of go, okay, he's good in his own right, Chris Wallace. But I saw after all the years on Fox News, and you used to watch him on Fox News and go, how does he put up with his shit? You I know, because he the- tried so hard to be a real journalist and be objective yeah. and not have any kind of um, spin or, you know, direction yeah. that he was leading people in. Well... I saw he quit or he's leaving Fox News, and I saw on the news he's going to CNN Plus. Yeah, said, what? a new streaming service. I had to look all this up. I was like, what is CNN Well, Plus? me too, and I got to tell you, I said, who the fuck? Is-? People don't want CNN. Who the hell's going to pay for CNN <laughs> Plus? I mean, are they out of their minds? CNN <laughs> Plus? I mean, what you better is be that? They're taking your clothes off. If you want yeah, you, yeah, you, you better, you better <laughs> sign up Ronnie's friend, the, the guy in the bed, to get some titty pictures on there. Regular CNN isn't enough. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, everybody's got to stream something now. Wow. What are they gonna? It's, well, anyway, Chris Wallace is going to that. Good luck being seen on that thing. I mean, I, I like Chris Wallace, but I'm not paying a, a You're monthly not service fee. You're not going to hunt for him, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. But he was on Fox News for 18 years, and I'm sure yeah. they're pissed because they were pretty loyal to him, but uh, they probably weren't coming up with the do-re-mi. Well, he is, said that they never, they promised him that they wouldn't try to change his story or block any guest, and he said they stood by that word all this time, but he's still leaving. Yep. Well, they offered him probably some good money, but um, I don't know. Maybe he said to himself, they just uh, had Jeffrey Tubin jerking off on a Zoom meeting and uh, they didn't really fire him, so that's probably a good place to work. You can jerk off on your Zoom and not get fired. I mean, uh, probably, you know. You don't think he finally looked at that station and said, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he saw an opportunity. 
<laughs> I think he saw an opportunity too, but I think he was looking for any way to get out of there. What are they going to put on CNN Plus to get somebody to pay? I mean, maybe they'll take the, um, they could take like the Cuomo brothers and have them talk pussy unedited. Like, just Ooh. like, you know, well, what do you mean? Ooh? You got to come well, up with shows that. Right fired. <laughs> yeah, but he could be on CNN Plus talking pussy. <laughs> uh, Jesus, the world's so fucked up. So crazy. Uh, what else? Oh, Did you see so that I, one of Chris Cuomo's, I mean, yeah, yeah, his uh, producer was just arrested because yeah. he would contact women and tell and other parents and tell them that he needed to introduce their preteen girls to proper submissiveness and sexuality. <laughs> Well, and he he's would doing bring them there, and he would teach them because women are only women, and they must be submissive. Hmm. Sounds like he's doing more than Baba Booey does around here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> At least he's got well, he something had a going on. After he produced right. the Chris Cuomo show, he was teaching you know women how to be submissive. I, I was a fan of Chris Cuomo show. It looked like a lot of hard work was going into that thing. How did the producer have time to educate women in the ways of submission? <laughs> <laughs> Who is he? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, well, they were like nine years old. I don't think it was hard. Oh, my God. Oh, you mean kids? Oh, you uh, yeah, yeah. Young girls. Mm, preteen is what I Oh, mean. my God. Oh, my God. What the hell is going on? It's CNN. I read the story, Howard, and I was just like, it, the whole thing's disgusting. But as disgusting as the guy is, who's the lunatic that answered the ad and brought their kids? Yeah. Mm. What was the ad? It was basically like, hey, I will teach your young daughters how to have sex <laughs> correctly. And don't let them have any old guy. I will show them the correct way. And he put an ad in for that. And guys showed up with their nine-year-old daughters so he could teach them about sex? It was a mom. A mom showed up with a mom. daughter. So he, had a, he had a ski house up in Vermont. Sent them tickets. How's he figure out the how's airport? He yeah, how's it? I mean, to, in order to be the producer of a show like uh, the Chris Cuomo show, you got to be somewhat intelligent. How's he figured he was going to get away with that? I he mean, was on. There were a couple of different sites that these ads were on. I forget the names of them now because I don't want to know. And uh, I guess they think nobody else is watching if they're not interested in that stuff. Maybe producing... He didn't uh, hear the Jeffrey Epstein story. I don't know what the guy's problem is. Maybe producing stuff on CNN is easier than I think. They get, these guys have a lot of extra time. According to the New York Post, the producer allegedly used messaging apps to befriend and persuade moms of young girls, telling them a woman is a woman regardless of her age and that she should be the one to train their daughters sexually. Yeah. That he should be the one to train their daughters sexually. Wow. Yeah, I remember when my kids were young, I answered an ad like that. I... <laughs> to make sure they got the proper sexual training. Who the fuck is answering that ad? <laughs> Boy, the world is nuts. On a and lighter it, and note. It just happened that he was the Chris Cuomo producer. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah, well, maybe they'll bring all those guys into CNN Plus, and then someone will sign up for it. <laughs> CNN yeah, find Plus. Out how to uh, teach your daughter to be submissive. Yeah, CNN Plus is scheduled to launch in the first quarter of 2022. Pricing has yet to be announced. Okay. Pricing? Pricing. No, but yeah. 
<laughs> That's what I just said. Who's paying for that? Oh. Uh, um, of all these stories, note, that's the kookiest. They are thinking about pricing. On a lighter note, I got to tell you, I, I was just about to tell you this. I've never uh, bought an audio book before. I always thought it was sort of weird. I used to goof on Baba Booey about it. Yeah. Because remember, he'd say, well, I'll read a lot of books. And I go, you don't read any books. You Baba listen Bowie. to books. You didn't read. He, goes, he read them. Where'd you read that? Oh, in my car. <laughs> yeah, I go. You read while you're on your car. What do you have one of those self-driving? No, I listen to it. I go. Well, you listen to books. You don't read the book. Goes well. Same thing. <clears throat> I go. No. <clears throat> Five-year-olds get books read to them, <clears throat> and uh, adults read them themselves. <laughs> now look at you. Now look at me. So I went and bought an audio book. Now it's weird. I, I, I'm on Audible. You know our sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's the place you go for books, you know, for audio books, Audible. Give them a plug. Why not? And um, I went on there. I had no idea what I was buying, what I'm looking at. I go, I don't know what book I want to listen to. You know, Jason told me to listen to some comic book, but you know what? I'm a little old for that. You know, you can't I, you listen know. to a comic book. It sounds, Look, I mean, don't you need the pictures with a comic book? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of my thing. I like looking at the pictures. <laughs> But, uh, so the first book I see, they say the Mel Brooks book. I figured it was an old book because Mel Brooks is around 95 years old. Mel Brooks, mm -hmm. the famous, uh, comedian, uh, film Writer, director, producer, director. does it all. I'm a big fan of Mel Brooks. So it said, you can get the Mel Brooks book for one credit because you already have a bunch of credits. I go, I just signed up, but I guess I got credits. Well, they give you credits right at the very beginning. So I went, I like Mel Brooks. Let me listen. I have no idea. I'll listen to Mel Brooks. So it shows you with these um, services, if your book is first, it's idiots good. like me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what book to buy. Uh, so, so I went, I'll buy this one. Well, what a delight. I mean, Mel Brooks' uh, book is called, fuck is it called again you know you think i know the name of it something about all about me that's what it's called and mel brooks reads the book to you now this guy's 95 years that's old i great. think and he does a great read he's a super upbeat guy i mean like he the guy's so positive about everything and upbeat you know he's like even talk, he, when he was a little boy he was two years old his father died of tuberculosis and he makes it sound like it's a positive thing you know yeah my dad died you know uh but we had a great He's house. Certainly not I, you, is he? <laughs> no, I mean mine is just pure drudgery. He's like the opposite of me, and everything he goes. You know, the war came. He signed up for the war. He fought in World War Two. He had a good time in World War Two. Then he got that out. That was a good He's, time. The war. <laughs> yeah, he had a good. He had a great time. It sounds great. And then he, <laughs> then he gets out, and but he tells you these stories about writing comedy for the Sid Caesar show, and it's. I, I mean, I'm giving it a strong recommendation. I really loved it. And you know, a couple of things I forgot. He started uh, to become, become a uh, film producer. He, he started a thing called Brooks Films, which I didn't realize. He produced, I'm not talking about Blazing Saddles, those he directed and wrote. I'm not talking about like Young Frankenstein, which we love, and the producers, which we love. He produced The Elephant Man. 
a movie. That's right. I remember yeah. that. When There you, you go. Like, that was an interesting thing at that time because it wasn't a comedy. And he talks about it. He tells you stories about, you know, producing that. But the other movie he produced, which I didn't know, which you'll like, The Fly. Oh. The, the remake of The Fly. And uh, he talks about, you know, Jeff Goldblum finding him for The Fly. The studio didn't want him. He wasn't a star. Jeff Goldblum's So he really was... worked on The Fly. Oh, yeah. No, the, he, you know. And, he really produced. And this was uh, my father and mother had a movie they loved when I was growing up. And my father talked about this movie. He also produced this movie. My father talks about this movie like it's the greatest movie that was ever made. I've never seen the movie. But I got to watch it because my father said it's the my mother and my father saw this movie. It's called Fatso. And no, it stars. Oh, is that the one with um, Dom DeLuise? Board, board no, no, that was Marty. Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. Fatso. It's about a guy who eats nonstop. He's fucking fatso. His wife, <laughs> uh, Ann Bancroft, produced it for Brooks Films. Uh-huh. And he and he made that film, too. So I, um, I don't know that one. The Fatso. All I know is my father, every minute, was like, That's fatso. He'll stop eating. It's great. <laughs> he loved Maybe it. that's why you like those 1,000-pound sisters and all that stuff. Oh, my God. Tammy and Amy. I tell you, I almost, I almost fucking bailed on the show. One of these fat sisters, the less fat sister in the 1,000-pound sisters, she, they, she's like a hoarder. She never cleans her house, and she's got a baby now. Where, they start can to, she find the baby? How does she well, keep up with the baby? She, they started cleaning the house this week, and there's ro dead mice and bugs and roaches. And uh, my wife said, "This, you know, we we used to find them charming. Now it's like motherfucker, clean your house. You got a baby in there. Come on, come on. What are you doing?" So I got turned off, but uh, I'm still watching it. Well, I told you you're looking at people who are ill, but you didn't want to believe it. No, I believe you, and I like it. (laughs) I do. I like watching people who are overweight. I mean, morbidly obese. It's not just the obesity. The obesity is the indication that something's wrong. Something's very wrong. Absolutely. That's why I watch it. And you should see this week. They go to the county fair, and they figure out to put the sister in who weighs almost 700 pounds now. They're going to put her in a motorized chair because okay. no one can push her anymore. They she's too fat. They can't. Really? They, yeah. So they get a motorized chair. She goes to sit in this motorized chair. The whole fucking thing almost goes over. She, she can't <laughs> even fit in it. And I'm watching for 10 minutes as they're trying to load her ass into that fucking chair. And it was the best television I've ever seen. Oh, you're terrible. I could name a better show than that. Beside succession. Yellowstone. <laughs> what? Succession? All right, maybe. Possibly. I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I, I recommend, if you're a fan of Mel Brooks, his book is excellent. And you but, listened uh, to the whole thing. Yeah, well, I'm uh, up to chapter 22. I'm pretty far in, and I'm enjoying so it. So, how do you listen? Um, I um, Baba Booey like does a, it in the car. What do you do? Well, I did. Uh, you know what? I got into bed and I closed my eyes and I listened to it. 
I put my, I've listened to it on my iPhone. Oh. Yeah. I like it. In bed. Yeah. And then when I was painting, I put it on and listen. Oh, to you it. could listen to somebody reading while you're in bed. I mean, in, yeah. while you're painting. Yeah. I liked it. Hmm. It's good. I can multitask. I see. It doesn't bother Jeez. you like when Mel gets to something funny, if you laugh and you're, you know, no. the brush goes off. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. I can stop and laugh and then. He's an entertaining guy. He seems like, a, like, like the guy enjoys everything in life. He goes, he's describing a vacation he went to in Italy and they have coffee and lunch and sandwiches. He has tons of friends. Yes, he's a very friendly man. He always yeah. has. Lots of relationships. Yeah. He makes friends with everyone. He has, he throws a big lunch on Sundays at some restaurant and all these people who work in films get together on his dime. And he loved Ann Bancroft passionately. And I don't think he's had another wife, has he? Nope. No. Not like Listen. most of you guys getting married at the funeral. <laughs> I know. Well, he's 95. His dick probably doesn't work. He doesn't go into that. Maybe he does by the end of the book. Yeah, but she died a few years ago. I know. But the guy's so fucking happy. I know. Yeah. You know, the most endearing thing. You know, first of all, I loved his relationship with Carl Reiner. I don't know if he yeah, talks he about talks, it. Oh, he talks about it a ton. Yeah, but I also love his son has such a great relationship with him. Oh, yeah, he talks about that. Then, uh, you know, the, during the pandemic, like right when it was first starting and nobody knew what it was and everybody had to be separated from each other, they did uh, some kind of like almost like a PSA or, a you know, a social media thing where Mel was behind a sliding glass door and they were talking through the door to mm. each other and saying, yes, this is what we have to do. We have to stay apart and we can only talk through this window because we have to be safe during COVID. So what I, a great and they were way just to... having fun at it. That's given me some ideas. Like, I think I want to live my whole life like that through a window. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, but anyway, window. yeah. Uh, Billy Eilish will be here later with uh, Phineas, Billy Eilish and Phineas, uh, straight off her big Saturday Night Live uh, hosting gig and uh, doing the music and everything. She did both. She did double duty on that show. Very Yay! few people do that. She got a new album called uh, Happier Than Ever. She wants to promote I didn't that. realize there was a new Saturday Night Live this week. I thought they had already taken off. I got to go back and nope. look now. Yeah. Nah. She was on that and. I also, uh, oh, I got to tell you about Oprah. We got, we got to talk to Oprah audiobook today. We got a lot, we got a lot of ground to, uh, hold on a second. Oh, it's Greta Thunberg, the famous, uh, teenage, uh, what would you call yourself, Greta? You're like a, um, uh, I'm a environment. Woman. A what? How dare you? I'm a woman. How dare you? Yeah. Greta Thunberg <laughs> is, a, yeah. Well, you're, you're not a teenager anymore, right? How old are you now? No, I'm 18. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. All right, all right. You're, you're a woman. Okay, I stand corrected. Greta Thunberg uh, is a woman who is a uh, environmentalist. Uh, you know, she tries to inspire people to take mm. care of our planet. Right? Is that accurate, honey? Yeah, yes. And I need to talk to Willie Eilish immediately. You Willie want... Eilish. <laughs> Willie <Yes>. Eilish. 
No, Billie Eilish. No, Bill. Her name isn't William. It's Billy. It's Billy Eilish. In my country, in my country, it's pronounced Billy Eilish. Okay. Well, what, what do you want to talk? Are you mad at her and you want to yell at her, or or are you a fan of her? What do you want? I can't just let you on talking to her. You know what I mean? Willie Irish, she cares for the environment, but she must be warned that she's not doing enough. Yes, she's vegan, but she steals air from the trees by breathing. How dare she? She stops selling plastic water bottles on her tours. Yes, but she still travels by a means other than sailboat. How dare she? <laughs> well, let me tell you something she did. I was uh, just reading about this. She wore... I think it's like Oscar de la Renta or one of these outfits to one of these fancy uh, events. And she said she'd wear it as long as he stopped using fur. And then the guy stopped using fur. So you must like that. That's good. And and, and I'm not going to put you on my show. I don't want you yelling at my guests. And, uh, no, and I don't yell. I do not yell. I, 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 hey, easy, easy. <laughs> Please, I just require five minutes with Billy Eilish to save the planet. Please. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I like you. I got a proposition for you. Dare you. <laughs> what? How dare you? Well, I haven't given you the proposition. Whether you like me or not. Whether you like me or not. All right, all right. You know how you never share anything with me about your personal life when you stop by? I tell you what. If you let me ask you some questions. And you promise to answer them without yelling at me about the environment. I'll give you some time with Billie Eilish, okay? No, blah, blah, blah. All lies. No, <laughs> no, no. No, I... no. no these are, I'm serious. I hate global warming as much as you do. And, and, and Billy hates it too. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this with you. All right. How dare you put me in this position? Um, um, no, all right. <laughs> are you all right? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> I'm, you're torturing me, um, but I will subject myself to your questions. Calm down. Planet. Okay, okay. I, I get Here, well, let, how dare you? <laughs> okay, let's just try calm this and see how it goes. Down. You haven't even heard a question yet. Yeah, calm you're down. You okay? You're making me breathe air heavy. You're making me suck in too much air. <gasps> <laughs> okay, let's start and see how it goes. I'm going to ask you some personal questions. I just want an answer. I don't want to be lectured about the environment. Do you have a lot of friends? Yes. My friends are the whales and the oceans and the trees and the air. Oh. Do you, do you have a crush on anyone? Mm-hmm. Swedish scientist Svante Arrhenius. Who? Really? <laughs> That Robin's it to him, too. Someone who's fixing the planet, unlike you, who's doing nothing. All right, now I'm learning about you. What are your, what are your favorite foods? Acorns. 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 Your favorite color? Green, obviously. <laughs> favorite subject in school before you quit school? Recess. I was more innocent then. Favorite movie of all time? No, movie theaters displace animals' natural habitats. Mm, but if I had to choose an inconvenient truth. Oh. An inconvenient truth. Uh, that's that yeah. um, environmental movie, right? Yes. Yes, it's all about the planet and saving the planet. I watch it on a loop. Now can we get to what <laughs> I want to get to? No, no, I no. And a couple more well, questions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. All right. Just a couple of more questions. What's, <laughs> what's your favorite band? <laughs> the, the sound of the wind blowing through the trees in the Swedish forests. Hmm. Oh. That's not a band. What about, um, what's your favorite? Have you ever tried uh, booze, alcohol? No! Grains and barley are for feeding wild animals, not for getting hoisted. Favorite drink? Mm. Ocean water. I don't care about the salt. I want to taste our beautiful planet. How dare you? What's better, Real Housewives of New York or Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Uh, I don't know what those words mean. I must speak with Willie immediately. <laughs> BTS or One Direction? Uh, 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 all those global positioning systems. Where's Willie? I need Willie. Favorite? What's your favorite TV show? I have a statement to make. I don't have time for TV, but um, uh, Secrets of the Whales on Disney Plus. Okay. Willie. Well. <laughs> She can't hear you. Put on Willie Eilish immediately. I need her. I need her to listen to What's me. your favorite animal? All about the losing land. What? What's your favorite animal? Um, um, it's a tie between every animal on earth that hasn't already been destroyed by filthy humans. Jesus. Favorite ice cream? <sighs> Vegan vanilla served in a cone, not a wasteful cup with a plastic spoon. <laughs> what do you do for fun? I answer your stupid questions. This is a joke. <laughs> I need Willie. Like Put Willie on. No, <laughs> there's no time for what do you, fun. What do you want? To, uh, all right, forget this. Uh, I mean, no, uh, no, uh, I dare you. You said yeah, you I, me on. You said enough. you would connect me with Willie. All right, I'll try to be completely honest. Yeah, yeah, you haven't been honest. Everything is uh, about uh, what. What do you want to be when you grow up? How's that? What do you want to do? How dare you! Rising temperatures create hotter heat waves. I'm not going to grow up unless you put me on with Willie and I make no. help save the planet. We don't like how you were not. Uh, goodbye. Oh, no, how dare you! Oh, is she gone? <laughs> I've got a Greta Thunberg Christmas theme song for those of you oh, into yeah? Christmas. Yes. Blah 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 I'm not putting her on with Willie Island. Everything's the environment. Yes. Um, uh, yes, Stuart, you're on the air in New Jersey. Good morning, Howard. Pleasure to speak to you. Thanks so much for helping us through this crazy uh, uh, COVID stuff. I'm wondering if you would now reconsider doing an audio book of your book, seeing as though you've kind of been turned on to audio, uh, audible.com itself. I got to tell you, no way. I When I was listening to Mel Brooks, who's a 95-year-old guy, I'm like, where's he finding the energy for this? I mean, the guy does a good read. He's very entertaining. And I'm like, I can't think of a worse fate than to sit in a room for endless hours reading my book to people. 
And I even said to Beth, I, she goes, why, why did you never put out an audio book? I go, the reason I never did was whenever I thought about it, I was like, oh, I'll get the people I'm talking about to read their parts. And then anything I reference from the radio show, I'll dig up those clips and put it in. So the next thing I knew, I was overcomplicating it. You were it. producing yeah. a masterpiece. Yeah. And I, I just got too hung up and I said, oh, forget it. Then I was going to have somebody else read the book. And uh, I don't know whatever happened to that. Nobody wanted to hear anybody reading my book. They wanted. No, you. we want to hear the author reading the book. That's right. why I, when when uh, you said Mel reads the book, I perked up. I'm like, how did this guy not drop? That? The guy's 95 years old, and he's got he's got more energy than I do. <laughs> I mean, he's like so peppy and into it. God. I was thinking that when I saw the president on with Jimmy Fallon. Right. Like, where is this coming from? God, how old is he? Like almost 80, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. I'm telling you, man, I'm not, I mean, I'm 67 and I'm fucking wasted. You're not looking for a new, really rigorous job, are you? No, I can't stand this job. <laughs> I mean, I really can't. I mean, I, I, I'm afraid to give it up because I know my connection to the audience is important. I know it'd be weird if I didn't have a job, but I, there's nothing about it that's, you know, getting up at five o'clock in the morning and doing this i mean you know it's just crazy to me that the, the these you know like even trump's in his 70s and he's so fucking fired up i mean dude Jeez. just go fucking rest yeah Leave well, it to a you young think person about it they you know like they were saying that before he spoke to jimmy fallon i they were talking about how many other meetings he Jesus. had that day and, Let me and tell you. he said i was a little late getting to this taping because my other meeting ran long in the morning, I go to bed like nine o'clock. <laughs> I woke up at like seven a.m. the other six thirty. By eleven thirty, I was taking a nap. <laughs> I don't. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I should probably go get a physical because. Well, they they you know they said when he was over in Europe at some of those meetings, you know, they caught him dozing off. Well, of course he was. Fuck yeah! I mean, I. uh Imagine I got up at 6.30 in the morning. At 11.30, I'm taking a full-blown-out nap till 12.30. I took a full hour. Be the president. I'm lucky I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how anybody has any energy for anything. Yeah, so I, to answer your first question, Stuart, I'm not going to read my own audio book. That's, uh, I just, That's a shame. We would love yeah. it, Howard, but I understand Thank you. big commitment. Thank you. Speaking of audio books, who do you think the first turd on the staff would be the person that would try to cash in and would do a tell-all after you retire. Hmm. Tell-all. Most of these guys don't What's have access tell? to me. What's the tell? But maybe there'd be some stories. But uh, don't don't we have everyone sign a, um, a NDA, non-disclosure agreement? If we don't, uh, get that done today, whoever's in charge here. <laughs> it was a, it was a, a missed uh, thought there. Not getting the NDA, and then my boff, then my boff blew a goat. Boff, <laughs> Gary de la Bicio. Uh, Gary read his own audio book, and he told me it was a miserable experience. <clears throat> it's it's horrible. I tried it. I started to read my book, and I'm I'm telling you, two pages in, I was like, "This is torture." 
I mean, I wrote the fucking thing. I'm not going to sit here and read it to people. Can't people read it on their own? Wasn't it horrible, Gary? You, I remember you saying that. It, it, so you, you go to a recording studio, and it's like a phone booth. You're literally in a phone booth, and they just hand you the book, and you just start reading from it. And every once in a while, the producer goes, uh, hey, take that again. You you know, uh, you missed a word there, or you, you, you mumbled that word or whatever. But it took about two and a half days to do. It's probably like you know, three hours, four hours, and then six hours. It's a lot. And, you know, you already, you already, you already wrote the book. You've already read it 50 times. And so it's difficult, but, um, I tried to do some stuff at the, at, at the end of each chapter where I like made a phone call to somebody to try to make it more interesting. Cause I love audiobooks so much, but the, 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 the whole idea of just sitting in a phone booth for three days and reading was awful. Just awful. What, uh, do you did you sign any kind of NDA so you can't like when I drop dead that you can't write a book about me? I probably I, I don't know you know I I probably did but I, I, have I no don't think I've signed anything. <laughs> you got it. You listen. What? He's got it. So I'm not worried about you. Anything either though. <laughs> I'm not worried about you, worry about Gary. Me? I worry about. What, what is there to say that you haven't already said? I know. Really? If you okay, let me ask you something. I'm a book publisher. Howard Stern has dropped dead. Robin's living in an old age home. She's eating dog food. Can't remember her name. <laughs> Can't remember her name. So what's your name? I don't know. <laughs> Fred's living in the woods. You know, he disappeared after the show. So that, so I'm a book publisher. Give me a story you could tell in your book about me. I think I've been pretty open about stuff. Yeah, I mean, all the good stuff I'm, is in your book. Yeah. You no, know, I did get, you know, I got this offer years ago. I don't know if I ever told you. Guy takes me out to lunch. He's a friend of mine. Right. And um and he goes, hey, I was talking to somebody at a book company. This has got to be like in 1993 or something, 1992. And um, and he said, you know, you don't even have to write about Howard. Just write about like what goes on in the show and this and that and everything. And you know, at the time, I was not making a lot of money. And I think he said, I can get you half a million dollars, right? Mm. And so I so I go, okay, half a million dollars, right? So now I got to pay, forget about whether I could write or not. I said, now I got to pay tax on that. I got to give some money to an agent. I pay tax on when all said and done, I'm left with $200,000 and I can never work in the business again. I can't work for you and right. no one's ever going to hire me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you could do a lot wrong and get away with it with me because I'm just a soft touch. But if you did that, I'd fire you. Even well, not I'd only would you fire me, but, but, but then why would anybody ever hire me again, knowing that I'm just going to sit there and collect stories and write a book? Yeah, you're taking notes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're busy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm really that interesting off the air that a tell all book would be good because like, I haven't done anything with that weird. Sometimes you think, right? Well, after you're you, gone, you people could make console. anything up. What was that? Which one of us? Go ahead. Gary, you. I said, sometimes you left your toothpicks on the console. That's crazy. Yeah, That's I mean, a crazy yeah, story. I, I don't know. I don't think I had anything all that wild to report. But you know what? There was a couple of years when, back in the 90s, I guess, and the show was uh, certainly wildly popular on terrestrial radio. There was a bunch of books that came out about me. And when I read them, I was like, none of my friends ever spoke to these books. So... It was only people who either didn't know me or were making up weird shit about me. And um, I was like, wow, you know, I was so effective at telling all my friends, don't cooperate ever with the book. And my friends are so loyal to me that none of them did. So it was just a bunch of shitheads. And I would say 95% of whatever they wrote wasn't even true, except for the factual stuff like, you know, he went to this radio station, went to that radio station. 
it was weird. It was like guys I had just peripheral kind of relationships with. Some of them, I, there were people I don't even know. I never even heard their names before. Was it weird? Were you talking recently about a guy who I think just died and he said he knew you and you yeah. didn't remember him? This is crazy. <laughs> a guy, a DJ in Detroit just died. And I feel bad for the guy. Here, let me see if I can find. Do we still have that clip, you guys? It was from last week. I never got to it. We're getting this it is now. A crazy story. Okay, put it up on. Um, see what I got here. Put it up on my Oprah audiobook page. <laughs> you got it right there, fourth column. All right, thanks. Let me see if I can remember this story. So the story goes: this guy is a disc jockey in Detroit. I don't know if he was currently working when he died, but he died. He was evidently a, a I guess, a well-known DJ. His name is John O'Leary. And I don't know what he died from, but he died. Okay? And um, the thing was, oh, here it is. This was the story. He was stabbed to death in oh. Detroit, which in Detroit, most people died from being stabbed. That's, uh, that's, okay, a that's a normal death in Detroit. That, yeah, like that's what that's called natural causes. <laughs> now, I lived in Detroit. And, and you know what Detroit is? Detroit gets a bad rap, but it was fine. It was nice. But um, anyway, the guy was stabbed to death last week in Detroit. That's why it made so much, uh, you know. News. No, yeah. News. Uh, former WWWW. That's the station I worked at. Former W, worst call letters, call letters ever in the history of radio. You're still w trying w to get them right. It was horrible. I was the morning guy. I'd be like, WWWW, Detroit's W4. It's like, like, what is this? A word test? WWWW, Detroit's W4. W is the shittiest fucking letter in the alphabet. It really is. Like, X is good. Like, you say X, it's easy. W. W. And it doesn't and, even look like a U. Why is it called double U? Well, and then you got to say it WWWW <laughs> Detroit's W4. W. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you for. I hated that station. What a shithole. Anyway. Fuck you. Former WWWW DJ John O'Leary, who claimed. Oh. Was stabbed to death last week in Detroit. He claimed that he worked with me, and they and someone dug up an interview with him before he died. And I swear to well, you, well, how did he get stabbed? I, first of all, I mean, was it because I don't know. of? Let's see. John was found dead with multiple stab wounds in his Highland Park backyard. He was found buried under sheets. He was found buried under sheets, shingles, and a wheelbarrow. A suspect is in custody. John was 67 years old. Wow. Jeez, what a terrible story. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. But anyway, this guy, John O'Leary, and I don't mean this as an insult. I have no idea who this guy is. This clip is from a podcast called Radio Days. It's produced and hosted by a guy named Ron Robinson. And he said to him, oh, you worked at W4. And here's what he said. I uh, worked with Howard. I remember Howard being uh, as tall as I am. I'm 6'6", six, six, and Howard's the same height, I believe. And, and that's unusual uh, because I don't meet a lot of people my height. You know, it's just a little taller than most people. And I think we 
kind of gravitated toward each other because of that. Plus, uh, hmm. we just seemed to get along. And Howard was just a jock, you know. Yeah, he didn't. You didn't see that that was going to be Howard Stern. No, uh, you know. And the only reason that did become Howard Stern was because he was in the right place at the right time, made the right moves, and got big. You know, uh, uh, that's what it's all about. It's not that necessarily he was this incredibly talented person. Not not that I'm saying <laughs> he isn't. But it's all about where you're at when something happens. You know what I mean? I've been amazed at how he's evolved. He's quietly developed into, I think, one of the strongest interviewers. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about that. And I'm not degrading him at all. But at the time, he was just a morning guy on W4. Well, first of all. Doesn't sound like he knew you. He did. First of all, I was the morning guy in W4. And I wasn't just a jock. I was given the freedom to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, Number one. And you I don't want to disparage records. Yeah, I no, I don't want to disparage the guy, but uh, y- you know, I don't, I don't know the the this guy's name. And then this whole, you see, I I know a lot of guys in radio have this attitude. Howard just got lucky; he was in the right place at the right time. It's what absurd right to me. Would have been, would it have been? What happened that well, made this happen? It, the, the right place at the right time. I went to the shittiest radio station in Washington, D.C., with absolutely zero listeners, with, uh, you know, a general manager who despised me. I have no idea how that it was probably the worst place at the worst time. But because of sheer will and talent. You make a name for yourself. So but I we went to another horrible place and were tortured every day. Yeah. Now, John, again, I feel bad for the guy, but he was literally in the same place as me. So what happened to him? We were both in the same shithole. It was place and time. We were both at W4. (laughs) So why was I in the right place at the right time? There's no such thing. Let me let me just be very clear about this for any young person listening. There is no such thing as right place at the right time. Any place is the right place if you bust your balls and you impress your boss or you get ratings in my business. I mean, give me a fucking break. It just break. doesn't sound like he knows you. It was such a generic. You were yeah, both tall and you had that in common and that bonded you. But Have I would you know this with guy. Other tall people are all of your friends, basketball players. <laughs> I wonder if I even met this guy, but I don't know. I mean, it sounds like. You know, it's really weird. There's a lot of people in my life, and that's what my point is about these books that come out or people tell stories about me. Most of them untrue. Bill O'Reilly would go around telling people he was my friend in college. Yeah. N- number one, I had one friend in college, Dr. Lewis Weinstein. Who's yeah, my you talk only about him friend. all the time. I, as long as I've known you, you've talked about Dr. Lou. Never mentioned Bill O'Reilly. No. I've never met Bill O'Reilly in college. I have no idea. about Bill O'Reilly's an older man than I am. I didn't know any older guys. It's a complete fabrication. Now, maybe he really imagines he hung out with me in college. He's got a whole story about how he was a master's student and I was a an undergrad. And uh, I sh- let me assure you, I had no friends who were students, uh, master's students who were older who wanted to hang with me. Yeah, where would he see you? Even if he was a master's student at the same time, he didn't live in a dorm, did he? I don't know. I don't know what he's talking. He's making up a story. And, and like a lot of people do that about you when you get some kind of fame. But um, I had very few friends. Most people did not want to know me. I was a rather unpleasant 
uh, <laughs> not particularly uh, fun. But now everybody was your friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I had no friends. This guy never talked about a lunch you had together or dinner. We bonded. How? What was this bonding? He never talked about store a thing that he saw you do. Nothing. Well, I probably saw him. Like maybe who knows? He did a shift before mine one time, and then he said we know each other. But anyway. Uh, I feel bad for the guy. He's gone. It's it's it's, it's just an example. Terrible way to die. Yeah. Terrible way to die. But um, you know, it's just an example of uh, people saying they know you, and they don't. Hey, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, blackened <laughs> whiskey. Oh yes. Thank you, 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 thank you. Legendary distiller Dave Pickrell and Metallica got together, and this is ah, the... Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Hit this again, is... my mistress. Thank... thank you. This is the perfect gift for any Metallica fan or whiskey lover. Black, and this is whiskey. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> is... Oh. Oh. This month, the Stern Show salutes its announcer and consummate holiday performer, George Takei, and his husband, Brad. my balls and then fuck me. Brad's big balls, Brad's big balls, hanging in his underwear. Happy holidays, George and Brad, from all of us at the Howard Stern Show. I found me at a elastic yet this is that song John Lennon wrote like a uh, bash and Paul McCartney in the head uh, saying, how do you sleep at night? But, you know, if you watch that Beatles movie, the one that just came out, the 17-hour movie, you could see Paul Paul was the driving force there behind the Beatles, along with John and, you know, of course. But but by that time, he was the whole driving force. Yeah. John just had a... He would just get a bug up his ass. Yeah, you sleep at night. bug that kept bugging him because... It's one thing to write the song, then you got to go to a studio and produce it, you're, and then put it out. You got a lot of yeah. time to think about what you're going to say. Hey, Lewis in Nevada, what's up? What's going on, Howard? Hey, man. Hey, I wanted. I went to the Foo Fighters concert a couple of weeks ago here in Vegas. Your man Dave played a three-hour show. Uh, huh. He was an absolute rock star. He was smoking cigarettes on stage, drinking the Jägermeister out the bottle. He's an animal. <laughs> Uh, first of all, how does that work? I have so many questions. You know, with I guess I'm in a different pandemic than everyone else. Like, is everyone wearing masks? Uh, it was you had to be completely vaccinated and you wore a mask, 100. percent Oh, okay. All right, that I get. And and uh, you know, one thing I worry. You know, I've gotten to know Dave Grohl through the radio show, and with the cigarettes and the drinking of the uh, Jaeger. I'm I hoping go crazy. That it's a fake cigarette and a fake bottle of whiskey. Yeah, I go crazy. <laughs> I know in rock and roll you're not supposed to worry. You know, you're supposed right. to just go balls to the wall. But, you know, 
he has such a beautiful voice and he screams. I mean, he yells those songs. Me, I guess, I guess I'm too neurotic to be a uh, rock star because, um, aside from having no musical ability, I would sit there and worry about my voice all the time, like that I was blowing it out. And he does not, he just goes all out like this is the last rock show I'm ever going to do and I'm just going to go all the way. Yeah. Unless he has some kind of, um, like vocal coach who teaches him how to scream like that so he doesn't destroy his vocal cords. I get crazy when I... I, I, I've said this to Billy Joel. He has one of the most beautiful voices. I go, Billy, how could you smoke cigarettes? Does and he, he still goes, smoke? I think he quit, actually. I think he quit, but it drives me crazy. I had a voice and like that. And most of those guys smoke. You know, like, yeah. they have these amazing voices, and then you see him pull out a cigarette. And I'm like, what? Well, some of them are convinced that it makes their voice sound richer and better, but Jesus. Yeah, well, John Mellencamp uh, said that to us. I'd worry about the throat cancer. Dave's even smoking. He's chewing gum the whole time. You think he's going to choke up there? It's it's crazy. He's he's good. He I asked him about wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, and it comes out also right. He's so talented. I you know it's so true. By the way, his book was very good. I read his book and uh, over the summer it was fabulous. But um, just a fun read. But uh, yeah, you know, I asked him about the chewing of the gum. And he is convinced that by chewing gum on stage, it keeps his voice moist. It keeps, I guess, a lot of saliva or something going. I don't know what his theory is, but he he also does this weird thing. Every Hanukkah, he um he outs a whole bunch of Jewish rock stars. <laughs> you what? Know, you know, well, you know what he does. No, no, I, I'm I'm being funny, but oh. what he does at Hanukkah, he records for eight nights. He does a different Jewish rock star. He's honoring them. But it's funny to me because some of these people I didn't realize were Jewish. I'll show you. Well, first of all, Billy well, I Joel. Hope it's not an outing. I'm joking. You know, I'm making it seem like these guys want to keep that on the QT. But <laughs> maybe they do. I don't know. But what difference yeah. does it make if they're Jewish? Well, it depends what part of the country you're in. <laughs> makes a big difference no i meant to being a rock star well the people are at an all-time high for hating jews when things are going shitty you got to blame the jews why is that well is that because, why the jews were created <laughs> yeah because somebody you know you went to school someone's got to be the outcast and the reason the jews are it's simple there's very few there's very few jews in the world there, you know comparatively the whole world is Christian or Muslim, for the most part. And the whole thing is stupid because it's all about believing in an imaginary person up in the sky. But the Jews are a very small group, and the perception is they're very successful, which is true. There are a lot of educated Jews who have done very well through hard work. But, the, you know, so people, when things get bad, they want to blame someone. They go, oh, the Jews are controlling our world. But the Jews have no power. They have no power whatsoever. It's a Christian country. And, country. and you know, every time it's worked out badly for them. Always, always. <laughs> you know how they go, every the Jews? Every time they were accused of running everything, it worked out really badly for them. Well, when I was growing up, people told me the Jews are the chosen people. And I went, really? <laughs> chosen to be hated? Because that's yeah, what it seems like for for slaughter and yeah, who would <laughs> choose to be Jewish? All kinds of things they're chosen for. 
that's like saying, well, I choose to be gay in a society full of straight homophobic people. You don't choose that. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's the, it's a shitty way to be treated, to be the outcome. And you don't even, you can try not to be gay. You can't right. not be gay. I mean, or, 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 um, even Jewish. You cannot not be Jewish. They won't yeah. let you. No, no, you can't. If your mother was, even Hitler said, listen, if your mother was Jewish or your grandmother, that's it. You're Jewish. I'm, I don't I'm care if you go to Catholic church. I don't care if you're, you know, call yourself a Lutheran. No. You're Jewish. People say to me, well, Jews have all the power. I go, I can prove to you in one sentence that Jews don't have all the power. They go, okay, prove it. I go, if Jews had all the power, Mel Gibson would be homeless right now, not making Lethal <laughs> Weapon 5. Trust me. That's, there's your proof. But anyway, and Jews have always contributed to society. You know, Poland was a mecca in Europe. It was considered a world-class cultural center when they had all their Jews. And then World War II came and they killed all, the Poles killed all their Jews. And now, you know, how many people you know are going on vacation to Warsaw? I don't think too many. You know, many. I went to Poland once. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had this guide. And, mm. you know, we were going around Warsaw, and I went to the, you know, Auschwitz and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, toward the end of the week, she goes, oh, there are many more beautiful places in Poland, Dubrovnik, and da, 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 da. and she's naming all these places and telling me what wonders. And then she looked at me. And she said, you're not coming back, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was a time. Um, well, anyway, so Dave Grohl, what I was saying, Lewis, Dave Grohl um, does this thing every year on Hanukkah. He does eight songs from Jewish artists. For example, he does uh, Train in Vain from The Clash. And I don't know who in The Clash is Jewish, but somebody must be. Somebody is. Yeah, he's Dave Grohl's got. He's like, he's got the list. <laughs> On Dave, who else is Jewish? But he knows. I don't even know who's Jewish in there, but I remember Leslie West. He did because Leslie was uh, yeah. Leslie Weinstein. That was his real name. Billy Joel. They, I've asked Billy if he's Jewish, and Billy's like, no, not really, and. But not really? What is. does that mean, not really? It's I don't know, but his yes mother... No. <laughs> well, I think... I know his father was Jewish, but I don't think his mother was... I don't know. I, I, it's not a clear answer, but anyway, Dave <laughs> included Billy Joel's Big Shot on the list. No, he's even got a vibraphone in it. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he did a little cover. Sounds like him, too. Yeah. Then he did a Kiss cover, because I think Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are Jewish, right? Rock and roll all night. If you're going to do a song, this is the one. To me. Yeah, if you must recognize Kiss. This is the yeah, if you're going <laughs> to... You show us everything you Like, I wouldn't know Lisa Loeb is Jewish, but Dave uh, does stay, so I'm assuming she's Jewish. Yes, hey. <laughs> oh, wow. Only here that was a surprise. 
Yeah, I think he rocks out. If I remember this, I, I watched all this. It's terrific. I. Uh, he starts out like this. I think he's even wearing a dress. doing a whole song of that. <laughs> Sounds like corn. <laughs> yeah, Dave wears a uh, dress like Lisa Loeb in the video. <laughs> Chris Cornell told us he was half Jewish on our show. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, he covered the Ramones because uh, Joey was Joseph, like, Joey was like Joey Hyman was his real name or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, he was a Hyman. And, uh, they did some Blitzkrieg, Bob. And they did um, Barry Manilow, who's Jewish, right? Is he? I don't know. Yeah. The, Maybe he snuck into the back door. <laughs> He's not really you should Jewish. Know. He's Jewish. <laughs> but uh, then they did Jump by Van Halen because uh, David Lee Roth, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you take out the Lee, he's David Roth. Yeah. You know. I think he stuck that Lee in there. <laughs> right. Trying to throw Smart. people off. <laughs> Boy, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and then he, uh, Amy Winehouse. I didn't know she was Jewish, but she was. And he did a cover of her. Amy Winehouse. See? Oh, that's Dave's uh, daughter. Violet. I was going to say. Yeah, she does a good job. Dave sounds like a woman. So I was going to say, he's good. <laughs> the daughter's a good singer. She's a right? great singer. Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't want to be Dave Grohl's daughter and go into music. It's just but that's a nice voice. That's a it's really a good, voice. good voice. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I should mention too. All right, Lewis. Thanks, man. Thanks for the update. Thanks, Howard. Been with you a long time. Appreciate it. All right. Other thing too, I should say, rest in peace, Michael Nesbeth of the Monkees. For those of you who remember the group, oh, the I Monkees. Oh, I that. He died. He was. Guess how old he was? This was Eighty-two. Shocking. Seventy-eight. Oh, I, I thought he'd be younger. Four years off. No, I didn't know. Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Yeah, he was a member wow. of the Monkees. For those of you who don't know, there was a TV show. Uh, a lot of people I was talking to, I go, "Hey, Michael Nesmith died," and they're like, "Who the fuck is that?" I go, "From the Monkees." They go, "What's that?" A lot of people I know don't know the Monkees. Really? Who do you know? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You should see who I know. <laughs> I know a lot of people are cave dwellers. <laughs> But it was a TV show. Here we come, walking walk down, down the street, from everyone we meet. Hey, 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 the monkeys. Is there, um, now there's only two monkeys left? Uh, you got, um, well, Davy Jones is dead. Yeah. So you got Peter Tork. Is Peter Tork dead? I think he's still alive. I, I, I think, feel like he's dead. I think, I think there's only one monkey left. Right. Oh, really? Mickey Dolan's. Yeah. 
who was a DJ for a while at WCBS FM. I don't know what he does now. He's probably just an old man. He was here on WCBS FM in New York. WCBS FM. <laughs> FM. FM. I yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, the monkeys became huge. The funny thing about Michael Nesmith, the things I know about him, well, a couple of things. Number one, after the TV show wasn't happening anymore, he had fuck you money because his mother invented whiteout, the stuff yeah, he used to that use. Nobody would use anymore. Not but anymore, for a while, but his mom. It was hot. His mom sold the company for like fifty-seven million dollars, and uh, so he, you know, he was part of a very wealthy family. So every time the monkeys would reunite for a tour or something, he'd be like, "Fuck it, man! I don't want to do that anymore. I don't live in the past." He, only people with fuck you money can say they don't. Yeah, live they in the don't past. have to live in the past. <laughs> yeah, but the I don't guys. even know if people know what whiteout is. Whiteout was this thing when people used typewriters. There was no way to correct them, and she invented this liquid that you could put on liquid the page paper. and make it disappear. Liquid paper. Yeah. Anyway, so they had this TV show and they had a whole bunch of hits. They had three number one hits: "Last Train to Clarksville." Which was, uh, do I have that? No, don't have it. It just goes like, the last train to Clarksville and I'll meet you in the morning. At the station. There it is. They did a lot with the tambourine. I like that. (laughs) I'm not a big tambourine guy, but (laughs) I could do without the tambourine. (laughs) I always think tambourines for people who have no musical ability. Uh, yeah, they had that. They had Daydream Believer. And, uh, and I'm a believer. Then I saw and her face. And I'm a believer. But I, the thing I remember about Michael Nesmith was, he was pushing the, he said, all these songs were written for the monkeys by very successful, you know, musicians. And the idea was it was a TV show. And these guys started to get the idea that they were musicians on their own. And, they and, wanted and to Mike, be the Beatles. Yeah, it was sort of yeah. like a takeoff on the Beatles, and now they wanted to be them. Yeah, and then Michael Nesson was like, hey, man, on our next album, they had all these hit albums. Forget about it. They were selling millions of records. They were super popular. They could Who gives a fuck how they got these songs? But he cared. He goes, we're writing our own songs, man. We're you know Only a guy with white-out fuck you money could do this. He goes, the monkeys are now writing their own songs. We won't take anybody else's songs. Well, guess what happened? No more monkeys. <laughs> monkeys were gone. You got any of those songs? Uh, no. I remember their album came out. It was like an experimental album. It, it was such a hunk of shit. <laughs> you know, they were a pop band from TV. And if they just kept going to the same group of people who write music, they would have been fine. And they could have probably Didn't done Steven another Stills two. Stills write some of those songs? Steven Stills tried to be in the monkeys. He auditioned oh, for he it. Oh, he did? Yeah, but, you know, he wasn't quote-unquote cute enough meanwhile if they if they had been able to write them some songs (laughs) oh yeah yeah can you imagine the monkeys doing woodstock (laughs) (laughs) but when these monkeys got together at the uh urging of michael nesmith to write their own album let me tell you something and i'm not being facetious i think actual real monkeys could have written a better album (laughs) than the monkeys wrote it was i wish i had it I, i remember listening to it and going, this is so, it was like psychedelic and shitty and nothing. Oh. You're like, well, they never got to the chorus. All they did was bore us. It was just awful. <laughs> and I'm sure the other monkeys were like, this motherfucker. 
you know, but Nesmith had a lot of control. But Nesmith was one of these guys, oddly enough, who was very early on the bandwagon for making music videos. And in fact, he was asked to run a new music channel because he had his own music channel and they wanted him to run a he was originally asked to be the guy behind MTV, and wow. he turned it down because he was already over it. He had already produced a whole bunch of musical videos. And he was done. And he was done because he had fuck you money. When you got fuck you money, what, yeah, he uh, would get bored of everything. That's what it seemed like after he did it for a while. He'd get bored and move on to something else. He was an innovator in this music video category because the monkeys were essentially a music video, and he yeah. like he took to it like a fish to water. But uh, as soon as he could have turned it into the MTV, he didn't want anything to do with it. Shows you eh, nice to have options. There you go, talented guy. Yeah, I'm a believer. Was written by Neil Diamond. Those are the you know. At one point, Michael Nesmith claimed that they had more hits than the Beatles and the Stones combined in 1967. It was absolute bullshit. And they asked him about it, and he said, yeah, I made it up. Because <laughs> people printed it. The Washington Post printed it. Rolling Stone magazine printed it, that the, the monkeys have more hits than the Beatles and yeah. Stones that year. And it was completely untrue, but he just said it, and they went well, with it. Well, that's the thing, you know. Like, you can give um, newspapers a fact about yourself. And they'll just print it because they'll assume it's true. Yep. But I'll tell you what, Boyce and Hart wrote most of the songs that the monkeys, oh, you know, had Boyce hits and with. Hart. Okay. Boyce and Hart. But but here's a weird thing. Michael Nesmith eventually wrote a song that he gave to Linda Ronstadt that was a huge hit. You what know what song it? that was? He wrote no. this. Different drum was written by <laughs> He wrote it. Michael Nesmith wrote different drum. Anyway, he's dead. That's the point. That's a shame. You know who That's else is dead? Who? Ann Rice. You're kidding. With a vampire. She died, huh? Yeah. 80 years old. And they said it was complications of a stroke. So she had a stroke wow. a couple of years ago. And so she she's gone. Boy, that when they made that movie, Interview with the Vampire, boy, did I become a fan. But didn't she have some weird shit go down with the transsexual community? Did she the one who said? No, that's I don't know, uh, I that's, don't um, know about that. It was uh, I know the Harry. Who is it, Gary? It's a Harry Potter. Harry, Harry, Harry yeah. Potter woman, no, not her. Oh, not Anne Rice. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Rowling. Yeah. yeah. Anne Rice, she was good. I tried reading Interview with the Vampire and all that. And I think I, I, I read it. Love that book. I read it, but I, I love the movie. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and that movie is so good. I mean, it's ridiculous, those two guys. Never did mm. anything else together, I don't think. But that's a good movie. That is a good movie. Wow, sorry to hear that. She lived in New Orleans, yeah. right? I remember that. Yep, was a New Orleans native. Yeah. Anne and that Rice. whole concept was that I guess her parents must have had money or something. And uh, they were alcoholics and they would drink all day and sleep. I nice. mean, they would drink all night at way into the night. And then they'd sleep all day. <laughs> They're like vampires. Yeah. And that's what yeah. steeped her in this. The real life starts at night. 
And uh, that's where she came up with this. That's what the vampires are all about. God, that sounds so great. I used to pray my parents would become alcoholics. <laughs> they were, they, they weren't, they weren't into booze at all. I mean, my father would have a drink now. They were and then, up you know. every day. <laughs> oh my God. Early, early in the day they were up. Rise and shine. The Stearns are ready for action. A lot of yelling and screaming and, and correcting me over everything. Oh my goodness. Cause it was, my mom was a severely depressed woman. So depressed that like, uh, for a while they put her on. Some kind of Xanax or one of those things that Valium, they put you on. Probably that was the big one. I one loved point. it when she was on Valium. It was great. It, she got so fucking wacky. She went and got a job <laughs> at a hospital, getting people's phlegm out of their lungs. She was an inhalation therapist, and I was like, "This is so great" because I could come home like in the middle of the day and smoke weed. I had the house to myself. I could jerk off and smoke weed all fucking day. <laughs> Which I in did. freedom. In freedom. Oh, my God. Beating that meat till it turned raw. <laughs> I was like, this is unreal because they put her on something. And, man, she was floating. She went and got a job cleaning out people's phlegm. Go figure that out. She liked it. She was all nervous. I don't know if I, don't know if I can work the equipment. It's very complicated. I go, well, they'll train you. Don't worry. Don't you quit that fucking job. <laughs> People need you. Yeah, she got a job. Oh, God, that was the best senior year of high school. I even got laid during the afternoon a couple of times at my house. <laughs> Believe it that or not. That wouldn't have happened if she was at home. Oh, no. Where was I going to go? I didn't have a car. <laughs> I couldn't bang anyone there. I mean, I just I would have been celibate. It was great because I would make it like I was a big time drug dealer. Girls come over, smoke weed and and like I had the long hair. They didn't know I only had five dollars worth of weed. They thought <laughs> I had like a whole stash. I made it seem like I was, you know, right. right very involved right. in the other room where I. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Where I yeah, produced I my my ounces. <laughs> yeah, have a taste. Hey, have a taste of my private stash. <laughs> <laughs> and let me fix you a whiskey sour. <laughs> of course uh good lord but every once in a while i you know i get some action but yeah i mean so my father my mom was so depressed my father said to her one time i heard him he said to her you know what we'll do let's start drinking we'll become alcoholics and you'll be happy <laughs> he told her that i, I was there and he i was like yes <laughs> yeah i go this is going to be awesome these two are going to get wasted and leave me the fuck alone. Well, my mother rejected it. I'm not. What kind of answer is that? I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. So she could Please. take the doctor's medication that would make yeah. her die. But she couldn't drink alcohol. She was so whacked out. My mom had never, as a little girl, you know, she didn't have any, she didn't have a father or mother, really. She never learned how to ride a bicycle. So when they got her on this fucking medication... She goes, I want to learn to ride a bicycle. She's like 50 or whatever. I don't know how old she was. I took her over to uh, Eisenhower Park on Long Island, and I'm pushing her around on a bike like a little kid. And damn it, with that fucking medication, she learned how to ride a bike. Next thing I know, I see her on Grand Avenue in Baldwin, which is like, it's like, it's like four lanes of cars. Riding a bike around on the busiest road in, in Long oh Island. Oh my God, that is hysterical. 
And then, and then one day she said, "What the fuck?" She she got off her medication. She just took herself off it, and she goes, "What?" She she literally went, "What am I doing? I'm gonna get myself killed." <laughs> all her brave, and she goes, "Everything Why? came back." <laughs> and all of a sudden she quit. That she goes, well, the, "I'm cleaning out people's phlegm." <laughs> I mean, she she had this she didn't machine. Even know that what she, she was doing when she was on that stuff. She had a machine that they would stick down your throat and it, it would pull out green gobs of phlegm from people who, you know, who either had cancer of the lungs or some shit. I don't know what they had. There are lots of reasons that you have to do that. Yeah. yeah. The machine would suck out the, the mucus. <laughs> well, actually, it expanded the lungs. Yeah. And Whatever. then they start coughing like crazy and you'd have to take this other little thing and suck it all out if they couldn't get oh. it all up. I was so bummed out. All of a sudden, <laughs> guess who's back home? No more whiskey sours, no more weed, no Ray more anything. Back, back again. Right. Yeah, right. She's back. Hello? I want to be home for my son. <laughs> <laughs> he might be happy if I'm not there. Like, imagine she got off, like, Xanax or whatever. I don't know, Valium. Well, I don't think Xanax existed back then. I don't know. Yeah, it was probably Valium. I think it was Valium. (laughs) Yeah, happy pills. She got off the happy pills. Next thing, no more bike. Never looked at the bike again. Never, never cleaned out another fucking mucus lung again. She stopped everything. She and went my whole... back to be, and it, and it never occurred to her, wait a minute. I actually had a life that I was enjoying when I was on that. I had such a thing. I, I, for once, I was almost popular. A couple of the dudes from my high school, I didn't have any friends, but they came over to my garage to smoke weed when my mom was out. So I was starting to get a little bit of a Ferris, Ferris Bueller vibe going. Uh-huh. You know, like, hey, come on over to my house on break. Because uh, we, we were allowed to leave school senior year. We were on modular scheduling. Right, right. So I'd be like, hey, dudes. Like some dudes who used to like really hate me. All of a sudden, I was like, hey, I got some weed over my house. Oh, okay. You're cool. Like for a while, I was kind of cool. I never even liked weed. I just liked that I could get friends, had some weed. Yeah, it was a social thing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go smoke I a peace friend, pipe. I lure, lure people to my house with weed. Yes, and academically it helped me because I got a good schnooze during English class when I got back after <laughs> lunchtime, and that uh, made me made me fresh. <laughs> hey Nick, what's up? Nick, you're on. You're on. Nick in Florida. And then we'll talk to Billie Eilish. She's uh, they're they're hooking her up. What up, Nick? And Phineas too. Phineas is with her. Her brother, Billy and Hi, Phineas. Howard. Okay, Nick. What can I do for you? All right. So, um, how I live in Palm Beach, and do you and Beth put up Christmas decorations? Oh my God, my wife loves Christmas. I got three Christmas trees this year. Three. With light, I always the whole have three Christmas. Usually, I you have do? five Christmas trees. This year, I only have th- well, I have yeah, three. And all my cats sleep under the tree. The other day, I was petting my cat. There was all sap all over my cat. I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> now I got to get this shit out of you." They love it because uh, it's like being outside again. They love it. You know that um, cats sometimes can get um, diarrhea because they drink the water. Because you know, you put your tree in water. Right, but they right. but they sell a little apron that you can put around the tree bottom so that yeah, uh, I always have that apron that covers the water thing. You have that? Yeah. I look have at that. you. Look at you. Look no, at I don't you. Have it. She has everything. You should see what goes on at her house. 
She's got everything. Yeah, I'm 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 up to my ass in Christmas decorations. I got 24 hour Christmas music going. Forget about it. It's unbelievable. I got my new. Uh, I have a new favorite Christmas toy this year. Every year, I get myself a Christmas toy. What'd you get? A dancing Santa. He's like a a a, a break dancer. Nice. Yeah, we <laughs> look at that. You got things I don't even have. Hey. Billie Eilish and Phineas. Haven't seen them. I don't know how long we haven't seen them. How long have it been? Seems I don't like even a know. a long time. Uh, things keep getting bigger and bigger for these two. Let me see if I could see them. Hold on. I got a little technical glitch maybe or something. Uh, there whoa. We go. You two look so tired. That Saturday <laughs> Night Live will kill you. <laughs> It'll kill you. Look at you. Then. Oh, man. Uh, are you guys totally exhausted? I mean, I imagine your lives are exhausting anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. Was it, oh, what yeah. was the schedule with that Saturday Night Live? Uh, it was. Hi, Howard, by the way, before I talk. Hi. Missed you so guys. So good to see you guys. Yeah. So good great to see, to see you. you. I've, been, I've been so excited to do this since it got yeah. talked about. Um, no, dude, SNL, man. Whoosh. I mean, it was the most crazy shit ever. <laughs> Saturday was like, you know, one of the best days of my life. It was so much fun and so amazing and surreal and ridiculous. And, uh, you know, went to bed at 5 a.m. and then woke up yesterday at uh, like 10 and then went to bed last night at 2. Woke up today at 6. So it's a really, good, it's a really good schedule for me. Um, oh, and my God. The, the week, the week of, uh, of last week, like preparing for SNL is... Uh, fucking nuts dude it's fucking it's literally, literally alien i mean I, I cried every single day of the week no joke at all yeah you cried every single day of the week because you felt insecure about acting or acting in a comedy uh kind of situation what you was know, the tear yeah it was it was it was uh, all of the reasons it was um it's a crazy thing snl um it is like nothing i've ever experienced before and i'm not an actor i don't i don't know that world i mean i know it because of my parents and my brother but i and like you know when i was a kid and acting in plays and stuff because i did actually love to act when i was a kid um but i don't i'm not that's not my world so i don't know what the fuck i'm doing like i don't i i feel like i'm terrible i feel like i'm i suck and the uh the the craziest part of the week was on i think it was tuesday wednesday yeah <laughs> the table read where everybody reads 60 i think f maybe 50 40 i don't a lot of scripts at a table and uh why do they have crazy. you at the table for the table read? Because are they saying, hey, Billy, is anything here grab you? Is there anything here that you think you would like? Is that why you're sitting there listening to 60 different scripts? It's not they, it, It's not really about me at all, honestly. It, it, it is, first of all, it's with the whole cast. So, so all the scripts that are written are everybody has a part so i was in all of them so i had to read my my part in all of them and um there, you know you do it for like a few hours however long it takes and then there's like a 20 minute break in the middle and then you do the rest so you do like 20 scripts and then stop for a second and then tw 20 more and in the break i cried and came back <laughs> like went to the Where green room you? cried and came back you went I to the green room i just was like i just was like 
it's SNL. It's like these amazingly talented actors surrounding a table where somehow I'm the main course at this <laughs> for this show that you know I, I don't I didn't feel like qualified for and oh I I don't know I, t- I totally get what you're saying I mean you it's when you're scary. like with next to a Kate McKinnon who is so crazy talented you know and some of those people are you know great uh comedy would be like you know i would it would be analogous if i got to one of your concerts and you said hey howard come on up and sing you know i'd be like i don't sing <laughs> yeah. you know but so so it's a weird it's a weird concept it would be it would be strange but but you know i gotta and i'm not blowing smoke up your ass i felt when you came out and did the monologue you were as loose as a goose i didn't sense i was like wow this is a kid i mean what are you 20 now i was like almost yeah she's like kind of really relaxed in front of the camera i didn't sense nervousness you know you were you were bopping around in that outfit that was kind of cute you know i really liked it and uh you just seemed like you know like what were you internally like ready to throw up or were you just all of a sudden calm you know what's actually funny is that i was ready to throw up i actually did throw up because of it uh uh, i didn't know that well i i had many i had like a whole dude I had a, a full body reaction to being anxious about this the whole week. I mean, like, threw up on the plane coming here. Uh, had crazy shit when I got here, like you would not believe. <laughs> crazy shit? And, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, you what know kind the of ones shits? where you like have that... to get fully naked on the toilet? <laughs> right, because oh. it's a mess. Yeah. I literally did. I don't know. That's never like I don't. That's not a usual thing, and I'm sorry to bring this up for people who are no, listening. No, I've but, had, I've had crazy shits. I know what yeah, you're talking you. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh like, yeah, you yeah. Know, they need to be normalized. You gotta talk about them. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, we're human. We're human. That's right. <laughs> um, so I, I really had a, and it was a crazy stomachache. I just, I've had stomachaches all week. I've been anxious and nervous, and like, just because it's not my, it's not my world, and I'm so petrified of people thinking that I'm. I suck. Um, yeah. That I just you don't want to do it. But anything. you know what, Billy? Billy, why put yourself through it? Like, if you were just a musical guest again, <laughs> you probably would have been okay, right? You wouldn't have been as nervous because that's yeah. your, you know, you're that's my doing thing. a song. Yeah, and you got Phineas with you, the two of you together. You know, you support one another. Why put yourself through being the host if you're going to be shitting? And vomiting. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, that's a violent physical reaction. I mean, I know. it's a lot. You know, Emily Blunt told me when she hosted, she and she's an accomplished actress. She said there was a puke bucket for the host. <laughs> right. But did you know that, that there's a puke? Bucket? I did not know that. Jeez. Uh, they, they didn't offer you that. Wow. No. Wow. No, I Can mean, because I, I, I kept it together. I really I, I did. I I and why put myself through it? I mean. Because it's one of those things that, and it is actually a really good question because, oh, there he goes. Are you still there, Howard? I'm here. I'm listening okay, to you. Well, you, the, the your face is gone, crashed. but I'm, I'm still here. Somebody can um, I know, same with you guys, but ignore the, okay, you're, ignore you're, you're, the you're. visual. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I? You were saying, I, oh. why put yourself through it if it's going to yeah, well, cause that much pain? <sighs> yeah. Well, it's Saturday Night Live. And it's kind of the most, if not one of the most, iconic and incredible things that you can even be a part of at all. 
And uh, but but it is funny that you ask that because the reason that I was I was crying through the week and especially on crying and shitting and throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday when the you know the table read I it's because I realized right in the middle that this was my worst nightmare <laughs> come to life because I used to I mean for years and years I was like I'm never acting I hate it it's so scary I don't know what I'm doing I'm not good at it I, you know, the, the pressure freaks me out. It makes me anxious. I don't want to feel like that. And I realized that my, my moment of courage, because getting the opportunity to be asked to host SNL is insane. You want, you, you go, of course. Oh my God. Of course I'm going to do that. Like you, you put your feelings away because you have to think about it from, uh, opportunity, uh, opportunity and, and a third person. You got to think about it from above instead of, your own eyes um but but the reason i was having you know these these breakdowns through the week was i realized like what the i this is this is the thing that i was terrified of doing and i'm doing it and i just was so scared and just like cried all the way home and like just was nervous it was just i don't i don't get really nervous for stuff and especially hmm. on stage singing i don't i really never get nervous um and so it was it was very jarring to have that reaction to something and what's interesting to me is that the rehearsals i was nervous and i was this and i was that but i i when we would start it would feel good and as soon as we started like actually like blocking and and stuff then i started to actually feel good about it and as soon as we got to the dress rehearsal where there was actually an audience i walked out on stage and before i opened the door you know up at the top of the stage i was like shivering and shaking and nervous and Right before I opened it, I was like, uh, and then I opened the door. And as soon as I saw the crowd and felt their joy, I, it was like I, I wasn't nervous. Like I suddenly was like, ah, oh, like I, it was relieving somehow. And I think that that is just my, my love for performing. And then I was like, oh, this is actually really incredible. And I don't have to worry. This is just for fun. And, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I didn't get nervous watching you. I, when people are, um, you know, not used to doing something, I can hear that little shake in their voice yeah. that'll give it away. So true. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't hear that during your monologue. I didn't see it during any of the sketches. And I, and I, for one, am really glad you did it. And I'll tell you why. One of the biggest regrets in my life was uh, I, years ago, I was asked to do it. And I went to Lauren's office. And I acted like a total asshole. I was arrogant, and I told him that I was going to write all the sketches myself, and I didn't need their writers, and I was fucking, I'm, I'm funnier than anybody they have on the fucking staff, and I was like a real arrogant, stupid prick. And um, I think I did that because I didn't have the confidence to do it. I was exactly afraid of what you're talking about. When you get so successful in your field, you never, you can tighten up. You never want to fail. Totally. You, you yeah. want to be great at everything. And I could see after selling the amount of albums you guys have sold and the amount of fame and success, which is, you know, a billion to one shot, you do not want to go on live TV and, and then have everyone say you suck. Yeah. It's a huge risk. It really yeah. is. It really it, is. It so. really is. It you really know what is. was weird? You know what was weird? To me, they saved what I thought was your best sketch and the funniest sketch of the night to the end of the night. And usually they put the best ones up front. 
Mm-hmm. It was this where you and Kate McKinnon were doing the hotel thing, <laughs> a fake hotel commercial. Yeah. I loved it. I laughed really hard during that. And I liked your um, looseness. You were cra- She was cracking you up during it. She's, she kills me. <laughs> She's funny. She, uh, dude, during the dress rehearsal, uh, you know what's crazy is we, they, we cut four sketches and they were all so good i mean i don't know how they do that every week because it's it's really heartbreaking and like imagine if you wrote it and you <laughs> you know made the wig in 24 hours and fucking stressed over they do a dress rehearsal right before the live broadcast the dress rehearsal is purposefully a little bit too long they they yeah, leave in they do it on purpose so yeah. that they can know what it's, what to cut it's not short enough so they have to cut a couple of sketches yeah. and then they decide between dress and yeah. the actual live show which ones to cut but it's such a painful choice because yeah. all of the whatever it is 12 at that point are really good yeah and uh in the dress <laughs> in the dress rehearsal the hotel ad was also last and kate just did something that just set me off and i know crowd, what it is it was, it was, it was it when was she just, started I, touching you she started touching yeah. you right she started poking yeah. you in the arm yeah and she did yeah. that in the dress rehearsal which isn't aired right and uh she she did it and like she was like looking at me like and <laughs> the crowd was laughing and I just started laughing at what she was the, the lines she had. And then I couldn't st- and I started tearing up and um, it was so fucking funny. I mean, I was like crying on stage and I, 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 I like asked everybody afterwards if I could get that footage because it was so funny. I was I was crying laughing on stage. I could. Well, I love mom- get my I love up. that. Because I know they tell you, do not laugh during the sketch. That's something, yeah. you know, that's one of the rules of Saturday Night Live. So if somebody's laughing, it's like you can't even control it. The other thing I notice is you love Phineas so much that when Phineas came on as the bellhop during that sketch, yeah, you were, you were, you're over his shoulder just laughing at him. Like you completely broke the character. You couldn't believe it. Um, it, yeah. it was funny. Now, the other thing I learned on Saturday Night Live, and I didn't know this about Phineas and I didn't know this about your mom. But um, you you announced in the monologue that your mom <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> wrote a movie, right? And yeah. th- this was years ago, mm-hmm. and the whole family was in the uh, movie, uh, except you. And, and even in the movie, <laughs> and your mom plays a singer in the movie, and Phineas plays her son, and in the movie she has no daughter. Now, I thought you were making a joke. No. But then I Googled it, and I found the, the trailer for the movie. It was true. <laughs> Yep. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's Phineas, a villain, did you feel a super villain origin story? <laughs> did, yeah, exactly. It really is. Did you uh, feel bad for your sister that she wasn't in the movie and that your mom kind of like no. forgot that she had a daughter? Billy wasn't fully formed yet. I loved her, but she had very little value. How about you then. tell them what you? It's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just going to say, why, why don't you tell them that crazy thing you say, Phineas? Uh, when was that? A year ago. <laughs> Phineas Phineas was um <laughs> He was talking Phineas was on Glee, okay? Oh okay. he was on Glee in um yeah. when was that? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. It's just and like before the whole thing blew up and in, in yes, your literally. Oh, okay. Literally, it was like the summer before Ocean Eyes came out. On I the think. final season of Glee when nobody was watching it anymore, which was <laughs> right. Like no one, Did you no audition? one even was I did, I yeah. auditioned. And they said, oh, hey, geez. you got it. 
They said, you're going to be on Glee. And I said, is it a spin-off? Glee's still going? Is it a spin-off? What's going on? <laughs> and then they said, no, it's still going. But it was no, yeah, nobody can, was still watching or enjoying the show. So it was kind of great because I did a whole <laughs> season of it. No and pressure. Didn't, didn't get wow. famous or anything at all. It was great. Yeah, it's true. And I, I loved Glee before. I, I, I loved Glee. It was one of my favorite shows when I was younger. And so that was also infuriating. And, you know, we were talking about this, like, maybe a year ago, two years ago. I don't remember. And... You know, Phineas was talking about how, you know, I came to set and it was really cool for me. And, and he and then he was like, well, you had no value at the time. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's not it's absolutely what you said. And when was it? Then tell me what you said. We were talking. We I don't know. You pulled up some like video or something of us like in a car ride, like from some stupid family vacation. with Oh, the, with the cousins or something. <laughs> it was on the <coughs> it was on the way to the dinner <laughs> dance. Homeschoolers. Uh, we were homeschooled, as we know, as you know, and we used to do this. We used to go to the dinner dance, which was just like the fake, you know, it was like the school dance, but for us. And on the way, I was like probably seven or something. I was, I, I, yeah, I was taking a video and I pointed the camera to Phineas and his girlfriend in the back seat, and I was showing Phineas because I thought it was funny, and he was like, "This was when you had no value." Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> which is a fucked up thing to say. I, was, I said it as a. It was a joke. I apologize. Yeah, well, but you know that joke uh, yeah. in a way. But but Billy, don't you think Phineas saying that to you and Phineas being on um, Glee, which you know you could downplay that now, but that's a big deal for your brother to be on like a hit television show. Do you Absolutely. think in a way that drove you to write this? Because I know you don't like writing songs so much. Mm. Do you think it was like you know what? I have to get some value here. I I mean, this guy's pulling ahead of me, and he's like the superstar, and I want to be famous too. Don't you think it drove you in a way? It it makes sense that it would have, but I don't I don't think it really had an effect on it. I think that I just I was gonna do whatever I was gonna do, no matter what was going right. on. I think. Um, but my mom is an incredible actor. She was in the Groundlings. She was a teacher at the Groundlings. She, I mean, she's so, so good. And, and you know, it's not really talked about enough how, how funny our mom is. Yeah, very hilarious. She's really funny. We thought about it a lot this week at SNL because yeah. of the sort of sketch comedy reminding us of, like, when she used to be a Groundling. We'd yeah. see her sketches and stuff. So we've been thinking about it a lot lately. <laughs> Yeah. And Whose idea was it to put your mom in the monologue to have her come out and uh, and uh, you know walk do a walk on? Was that your idea? I think it was. I think we all kind of thought about it. She, two guys you know were, what? Yeah. She she thought that it would be funny if when I say like, "Mom, I I love you. You're not. I know you don't love Phineas more than me." If it if it panned to her and she was wearing a shirt with his face on it, that was her idea. So uh, thanks a lot. That, that's great that she thought of but that. But you believe that, right? You believe that your mom. Uh, and and by the way, Phineas I is believe my mom's favorite, favorite child, and I'm my dad's favorite child. That's, that's how you know it goes. what? At Phineas, you get embarrassed when she says that. But you know what? I know I am my mother's favorite, and my sister is my father's favorite. My father couldn't stand me, but he really we, was into my sister. I mean, we, my father really disliked me. You know what I'm we saying? Both we yes yeah the, the, we both love both of our parents we feel it mutually but i feel that billy and my dad are more alike also right and me you're and my, very similar my mom and i are and more you and alike. mom are very similar so i think there's just that that sort of kindred spirit thing where you're you you see yourself but i also i have to say with the movie which is what my mom made the, the problem was i was at an age where i didn't you know you don't you don't uh appreciate what your parents do at all 
and right. you don't you don't see how great they are and the things they do and the sacrifices. They, they have no value. They have no value se. to you. They really. I mean, they're they're <laughs> the people that do things for you when you're a kid, and right. make sure that you're safe. And you know, so we didn't. We I I wasn't like, wow, that's really cool that my mom made a film and got the money to do it and made a Kickstarter for it and and did it all in her own house. Like I didn't see what was actually really impressive about it. And uh, I, I, I and I, I have to say that it was it was it was <laughs> I felt bad putting it in my monologue because it was a very sensitive topic in our house because this happened and then I never, ever let it go. <laughs> and I would use it against her so much and so much that she. I felt bad because I was like a little piece of shit. I mean, I was just so shitty about it. I was like, you oh, mean you, you, you held movie. it against her that Phineas is her favorite yes. and you brought it up all the time? I held the it against her that, that, I, that I wasn't in the movie. I mean, right. my friend's grandpa was in the movie. My dad <laughs> was in the movie. My dad plays this guy that she meets. I mean, he doesn't play her husband, but she, he plays this guy that she meets at a, at a music store. And they have incredible sexual attention yeah, in the they, music Yeah, they store. really do. And mom will, will, will not admit to it, but they absolutely have sexual attention. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I was so upset about it. I was so upset about it. And I really used it against her. And it was so shitty of me. I mean, I w it was so shitty. And so, you know, a couple years ago, I started to see that. And I was like, you know what? My mom, I should be really proud of her for that and not resentful because I was... First of all, a terrible actor. Terrible. I mean, horrible. Bad actor. And I was also eight or nine or whatever the fuck. And I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't blame her, but it was, it was fucking funny to talk about. Yeah, we it. just brought it up when we were working on the monologue with the two really great writers who, who wrote the monologue. We just sort of were walking through your life story and, like, mm -hmm. mentioned it in passing as a joke. And it's such a funny thing that is real. So we were like, we have to. Do you guys think... Do you guys think, now I'm playing psychiatrist because I'm doing a lot of therapy. Been Please. doing it for 20 years, okay? And, you know, I know, Billy, you believe in therapy. And, and, and Phineas, I probably, uh, yeah. you've probably done some too. It's true. But do you feel that maybe the two of you, with the tremendous success that you have, on some level feel bad for your mom that she didn't make it in, the, in showbiz and that you guys are super successful, you know, superstars, really, and, 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 and maybe there's some guilt there. Like maybe that's why you had to bring your mom out for the monologue. You had to give her some piece of it. Interesting. I absolutely feel not, well, I guess guilt. Um, and more just, I feel bad that our parents didn't get the opportunities that we were just talking about this, about, yeah. about, I mean, I don't think that it's biased, but that's because I'm probably biased that I think that. But my dad is, like, one of the best actors ever. <laughs> like, I think my dad is such a good actor, and he's been in so many things, and not, you know, like, plays we've seen him in. And, and, and yep. um, he, when I was a kid and loved, you know, being in my whatever plays I'd be in or whatever, he, I always... You know, he he would run lines with me and give me notes. And same with my mom. And I really genuinely feel like they are so talented. My mom's a great songwriter, too. And, yeah. Yeah, really so talented. do you feel, the question is, do you feel sadness that they yeah. didn't yeah. hit it? I yeah. Honestly, I felt, 
and I don't think I really told her this this week, but I felt that this week a lot because a lot of people get into SNL. Well, not a lot of people, but a few. There's It's actually pretty rare to get into SNL from the groundlings, but or to get anywhere, you know, but but it, it was like heartbreaking to me kind of to, right. to have this opportunity that that literally for someone like my mom is their lifelong dream. And yeah, that that definitely felt kind of sad to me. And and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess that could for sure have 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 been part of why I wanted her in the monologue. You know, Howard, we, we grew up in Los Angeles, and I think that there, one of the questions we've been asked in, in less good interviews than yours over the years um, is like, oh, well, you guys grew up in L.A., and your parents were kind of like, they'd, they'd acted, so did you guys always feel like, you know, this was like the, the chose, like the thing that you were destined to do or whatever? And I was like, no, like, it always seemed right. like essentially impossible and we, they made it. I mean, they made our, it so clear that acting is a cruel world. Yeah, we looked at our parents, who we thought were like, okay, these people are objectively hardworking and talented, and it's right. and there's so much luck and randomness in this industry, and we just sort of thought like, there's a, a a great, you know, a high probability that we won't be lucky. I feel like we always thought that we could do everything right within our own power and still not get lucky because that's I feel like what happened to them we basically just did get and also lucky. they were they were you know pretty successful for they what were in they theater were doing. for they a were, long time you know they were getting jobs and stuff it just wasn't like they didn't become movie stars movie stars but right they were successful working actors but they yes. didn't yes. hit the uh you know the george clooney level or the yes. uh, you know angelina jolie level but they they made a living and they they worked yeah. and they got to do it yeah, it's hard. It's it's got to be weird. In fact, in in a strange way, it's odd that you two even went into show business because your parents, instead of teaching you ukulele and piano and encouraging you, they could have been like, "Listen, man, this is just a fucking industry." <laughs> they could have been better. They, they, you know, yeah, 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 we're good, and we don't even, you know, we we haven't made it to that level. Don't get involved in this. Go be a doctor. Go be a scientist. Go. You know what I mean? They could have been bitter totally. about the whole industry. Yeah, totally. It's weird. I think the thing that the thing that that taught us which was the i always tell this to everybody was that they showed us that like it's still worth doing the thing that you are passionate about even if it doesn't make you financially successful or it doesn't you know make you you know famous or successful in the eyes of of you know whomever else right Searching so it was like for fame is just yeah, wrong in all they were ways. just like you know if you do what you love it won't really matter that you don't have you know millions of dollars or whatever the metrics are you know what i mean i agree with you i, agree. I, I if you go into uh, the music business or or whatever whatever business is i don't care what business and you don't love it you're just going to be miserable and a wretch right. and you're just and, and if you're thinking you're just doing it for the money you'll never make any money at it, it it's it doesn't work did you guys, i'm curious did you guys watch this beatles documentary and the reason i'm so hopped up on it if i was a songwriter i imagine if i was you two guys I'd be like, this is like the greatest lesson. And not that you're going to write music the, the same exact way they do it. But I thought it was kind of cool to watch their process. I would think you like guys would like that. It was like a class, really. Like yeah. these masters. And you get to see them work. Yeah. So so did you watch it or did you just kind of say, eh, there's no value here? <laughs> I definitely didn't say that. No, we watched. We One of the first. There's three, right? We watched yeah. the first one. We watched the first one, most of it. We didn't watch all of it. I mean, the thing is, was that it when boring it came, to you? It it it's not. I mean, 
it's not boring, but it's definitely tedious. I mean, that's yes. what songwriting is, and it's it's a good uh, representation of songwriting. That's all songwriting is is tedious, dude. It is it is just a whole lot of nothing, and then it, it turns into something. And it was really crazy to watch, especially like how high quality it is, and and getting to see them in that like candid light and bickering and stuff bickering and and being annoyed with each other and you know it's it it's is so amazing. accurate it is really accurate i mean uh, I, I mainly it kind of was driving me insane because it that sounds like pure hell to me to to sit in a room for 2 weeks and write an entire album that sounds like fucking hell but you have to put out that sounds like literally live. when i die that's what they make me do because yeah, why would they do that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, but why would they do that to themselves? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. like why would you put a false two week thing <laughs> on and say, now we got to come up with an album in two weeks? It's crazy, right? Yeah, dude, why do it's, that? It's, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's like a challenge. It's like we. I'm, it's like Billy doing SNL. It's like it's me the same doing deal. SNL. It's yeah. the same. You know, fuck me. I don't want to do this, but I feel like I sh need to for my own whatever the well being. Fuck. I, yes. I I get it now. Now I understand why you two did not watch the full documentary because you know the hell that is songwriting. Yeah. No one needs oh, to yeah. explain it to you. You've yeah, sat yeah, yeah. through that. You know, it's like watching somebody paint. I could, I like to paint, so I watch <laughs> people paint, and I find it fascinating. But, but you know, at the same point, it's fucking tedious. It's crazy to to see all that. What's going on now? Let me let me catch up with you guys because it's been a while. Now, 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 both of you have your own places now, right? You're not living in the in the house with your parents anymore right you've gotten your own spread <laughs> we have but secretly i am still living there because i am scared of being alone you are is it true this whole thing with buying furniture you're afraid that someone lives underneath your bed so yeah. you bought a bed where none, oh, yeah. no one could go underneath what do you yeah. think's going on there i mean uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> i i don't i couldn't tell you dude i am scared i am i have Real issues with uh, the dark and space underneath things, and it's a, it's an actual problem. I mean, I I I I can't. I don't know. I don't know. It's so fucking pathetic. <laughs> but I can't. So, I mean, so I, you so you have your own house, but you go to your parents' house anyway because you feel safe there. Yeah, I, I have stalkers, dude. I literally have stalkers. I mean, I I have people. That show up and, you know, hey, I'm the Jesus. love of Billy's life. And well, that's scary. I need to, she needs to run away with me. I mean, literally, this happens a lot. I have like two restraining orders. You know, I I have I have new ones come around and go. And um, I, I also just I don't know. I, I just don't. I get so flipped out. I mean, I, I hate sleeping alone so right. Much. I still sleep with my mom a ton, actually. A lot. So, Billy, why not get a full-time security guy? I have full-time security, dude. You do? Oh, good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. really, uh, then, then you know, and also with these stalkers. Yeah. In other words, they can they they have figured out a way to get to you. They they, <sighs> they either write you or they try to invade the house or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, you can't have them arrested because they haven't done anything. But at the same point, yeah. oh, it's it, yeah. it's a it's a conundrum, right? To to yeah. to deal with all this, uh, yep. yeah. And it is scary. So that I, I do understand that. 
And, and uh, do, you know, uh, I was thinking, this whole idea of going home where you feel safe, and Phineas, you're out of the house now, right? You're not living at home. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, I'm out, I'm out as well. Do you guys ever worry that, like, you know what? The songwriting process was so beautiful when we lived in that house together that in a way we have to stay together. We, we should almost just go home every time we write or every time we have to perform and try to capture that again. Or, or is there no going back? There's really no, I don't think there's going back to that house. And I think that maybe I had that worry, like when Phineas moved out, yeah. but as soon as we started, cause he, he built a studio in his basement. And so it's still a home studio. Right. Um, and we made it nice. I have like nice windows in my nice windows. <laughs> nice windows. I have I have like you know, it's like accent. it's very play, like the things that I like to very Rick Rubin. Uh, I've I'm, gotten over. I've gotten pretty much over my like stage voice because I used to be like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, just uh, I had this like voice that I would do, and Phineas Phineas hasn't gotten there yet. He, he's, I'm trying my best. He's still doing his I'm cool voice. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> well, wait um, a second. Sorry, so, so Phineas, your career, it, yes. it has gotten so big in the sense that now everybody and his fucking mother wants you to produce their album. When you have a big album like you guys put out, and yeah. we've all seen the documentary that you guys put out, and, and very much so, like in the process, I went, holy shit, Phineas is a madman with not only music, but computers and sound effects. And I was watching Thanks, this man. thing, I'm like, Jesus Christ. If I was a musician, I'd want you to produce my record. Thanks, now, man. if I'm, I'm Billy, honored. I'm, but if I'm Billy, I'm sitting there going, fuck this. Why do I need this guy's attention on other people and giving good ideas to other people? <laughs> Billy, tell us now how angry and upset you are with all of this. Be honest. I mean, don't you want him to yourself in a sense? I, I do, but I also trust him, and I know that he's not. I mean, I think, but I, I feel that I know uh, pretty well that he's not going to go make my music with other people because it's, it's, it, you, because you better not. I, mean, I would argue, I would argue that I can't go make her music with other people because she's her music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm involved. It's the two of us. But it's, it's not... the, the Billy is the, yes, you but took the Billy... Out the Billy ingredient. I couldn't But do yes, that. it is. It, you know, Phineas is like, oh, I was with Stones the other day and we were writing songs. And I'm like, fuck that. Bye. <laughs> exactly, so, yeah, Billy. True. That is that's true. exactly. That's a very honest answer because Phineas, let's be yeah. honest. You know, even in the example of the Beatles. Yeah. I don't need Paul going out and working with Badfinger. You got a good song, bring it to me. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, that, and, I, and Billy takes precedent over all that. Like, I would never, like, Billy's first always. Like, other people get Billy scraps. <laughs> if I Wait write a something. Second. And... Phineas, let's test that. Billy, was there ever a time during the new album where you said, hey, Phineas, let's go write or let's go, you know, let's go into the basement with the nice windows. And uh, <laughs> and, and he said, listen, I can't make it. I'm working with, you know, I don't know who you're working with right now, that, but that whoever. Would be, that would not be okay. No, that would not be okay. I, it's never happened, though. It's never happened. No, How that, can that, that never that's, happen? That's, that's, that's a I line. I just schedule my life around it. Like it's, also, you, really? like, you cancel all the time. I, I, yeah, tell me. The it's, good thing about, I think, uh, sessions and, like, working is that they're, they're, they're not, uh, people aren't worried if you cancel. It's, it's kind of a relief. Billy has so many auxiliary elements of her career. The videos that she directs and films and stars in, 
the you know the campaigns for you know she has some Nike sneakers that she just made and stuff. There's so much time where she's has other obligations, and I just fit every other thing I do into those windows of time. I just always make myself available when she's around. I, What's going on, Billy? I, you got a cough. Are you sick? Are I you am. sick? You know what? I am because it's of that COVID. fucking Saturday Night Live. I yes. knew. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I mean, you, can I tell you a secret? Oh no! Oh, Lauren was sick, coughing everywhere. Oh. Lauren Michaels was sick, yeah, coughing we love everywhere. Him. Love and bless his heart. Does I he hope have he's COVID? Doing okay. No, he doesn't have COVID. It's laryngitis. Got... I also just tested it. I don't have COVID either. I also had COVID already. Nobody knows that, but fuck that shit, dude. How bad was it when you got COVID? How it bad not, was it? Was it was bad. It was bad. bad. I mean, I I, I wasn't di- I didn't die, and I wasn't gonna die, but that does not take away from how miserable it was i mean it was terrible i i still have side effects i mean i was i was sick for like two like two months almost um jesus and it, this was in um august august like a couple months ago oh so this was even after you were vaccinated yeah but it, but that's i don't want anyone i mean me. i don't i know i know I, that's what i know uh but i don't I want it to be clear that it's it's it is because of the vaccine that I'm fine. Because if I, I think if I weren't, if I weren't vaccinated, I would have like died, because it was bad. I mean, but it was it was just it, okay. When I say it was bad, I'm Tell I'm me. more just mean that it felt horrible. But really, in the scheme of of COVID, it was not bad. Like you know what I mean? When you're sick, it feels fucking horrible when you have a cold you know i have a cold right now when when you have you know the flu it feels like you're dying when you're okay you know so so when i say it's bad it's not like oh my god i was gonna die of covid and the vaccine doesn't work vaccine's fucking amazing and it also saved phineas from getting it saved my parents from getting it saved my friends from getting it and uh what do you mean phineas didn't get covid he was exposed to you and because he was vaccinated he didn't get it yeah, and wow. he, you were exposed to it a couple times before. Yeah, I've been exposed to it several times and not gotten it. And yeah. this was also when Billy got it, it was right during that first sort of Delta wave where yeah, vaccinated Delta. people were starting to get it. And now we're all boosted and everything. So we're sort of, you know, fine again. But the reason straight. I say that is because it can't, it's not COVID. I, I mean, I don't, I have so many antibodies and this just happened. And, and we're tested every day because well, of SNL, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I'm having, you, I mean, I have gotten like fucking seven hours of sleep total this week. So I'm, you know. And no, Mr. It's Lauren awful. was coughing and coughing and coughing. Did you say to Lauren, "Listen, uh, no offense, dude, but uh, how about going home? I don't, I don't need to get sick. I, no, I'm, I I'm hosting tell, your show." I did not tell Lauren Michaels to go home. See, that's uh, I, I wasn't going to do that. I would have said, "You got to, you got to get away from me." I know, no, no. I, I, I did say, you know, I kept my mask on, and you know, because the problem is that the, the real problem is I, um. I I maintain, is that the word? Maintain sickness for a really long time when I get sick. So no matter what I get, I usually stay sick for over a month. And it's really annoying. I mean, yesterday. You know why, though? You've got to sleep it out. you got to sleep it out. It's true. You've got it's true. to. Really I really don't sleep enough. It's, it's what is it? You're so excited cycle. by life that you just can't sleep? I just, you know, I, I when I get in bed at night, I'm like just the the i think it's i've heard people talk about this before like the the fact that you lay in bed and it's maybe 11 and you think about how there's eight hours of nothing 
until you have to do something. That is very exciting to me. And so I'm like, right. I want to use those eight hours. Why would I waste those on sleeping? <laughs> I mean, sleep is the stupidest thing in the world. Why? Why? <laughs> I was thinking about, I had like this existential crisis the other day and I was thinking, you know, cause it was late, it was kind of late at night and we were doing this shoot. It was for SNL. It was that one through the window with Kate <laughs> right. and we were going home and I was like, Oh, it's late. And I was like, wow, we, we do these things and then we all rush home to lay down for eight <laughs> hours. True. Fucking so stupid. What the hell? Well, you, you know what's crazy? That? Remember the last time you guys were on and I said to you, could you show me how you write a song? It was one of my favorite moments of all time on my show. And you guys Ugh. just started riffing like you would. You would and, and remember what the song was about? Sleep paralysis. <laughs> oh, you started yeah. like everything with you is sleep. Yeah. Like you started yep. singing about sleep. It was, uh, you know, it's it's a big fear of yours, and, you, and you're afraid of under the bed and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? You know, you're Don't so hook up. right, dude. You're and can so I tell you right. something? Can I tell you something else? You've got to be especially careful. This is me playing psychiatrist again. Do not hook up with a dude and think you're in love just because he's somebody who is going to share the bed with you and keep you safe. <laughs> you, you've got to make sure you're really in love. Right. Am I? Am I right? Like, totally. That's a very good point. Yeah. You're right. Especially for somebody like me that I'm, you know. Right. You don't want to I just alone. want anybody to lay in bed with me. But no, I, I'll, I, I know. I, I definitely understand. Because but, um, I had, I, I'm telling you, I had such a fear of being alone that I couldn't spend one night alone. And I worried yeah. about that. I, I, and you I, fucked yourself I, up by, because of that, huh? Well, yeah. There was a lot yeah. of relationships I was in that weren't healthy. Because uh, it was more out of fear than anything else. But here's what I was thinking about you guys with all this COVID stuff that happened. Because I haven't seen you during all that. You guys have a monster album, a monster follow-up album. But just when that album becomes huge, and I mean huge, and it's such a good album. Huge. Huge. Be beyond huge. Am I correct? Is that, is that the way to say it? And yeah. every song on it's like a hit. And then it's time to tour. And as we know today in the music business, people don't buy records anymore. They stream them. The tour is where the real money comes in. I mean, it's monstrous kind of money when you have the kind of success you guys have. COVID hits, no touring. That had to drive you insane from a business standpoint. <laughs> I, I, why do you laugh when I say that? It was driving me insane, and I'm not even you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think to be honest, we we've so never thought about the money in our careers at all to, really? to a probably a bad extent Honestly, sometimes. Yeah. But but to me the the saddest part was like I have our, no idea what I get paid for but anything. Our crew that has been with us now for four or five years, we just are we you know love that them. was the our word. family. So yeah. the idea that we sort of couldn't employ all of our friends and family for like a year and a half sucked yeah right. we tried to pay them for we paid them for we'd come we do live streams and stuff yeah, just excuses for like there was like a, a couple weeks after that we we kept because because the crazy thing it was like okay can't arena crews are huge by the way you'd like say yeah it's, you know hundreds of people so much money to, to spend on, on a show but isn't it also a disappointment when you have it when you have a group of songs now that where every kid in that <laughs> audience knows every single word it's also sort of fun to go out 
and you know, strap that on, man, and try it out in front of an audience and see where it goes and see how it evolves. I mean, yeah, it's the best, right? And 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 that frustration of it not happening has just got to suck so bad. What'd you do? Did you just belch? Really? Does <laughs> yeah. it smell? Sorry. Did you do it in no, Phineas's I don't face? Know. You can't wave that shit no, away. It doesn't go. <laughs> Try to make it go into the ceiling. Did you guys eat breakfast? I mean, uh, I, I can't. No, but, dude, uh, it's early, man. It's fucking early as fuck. Do you wake up this early? Like uh, normally? So early. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm like, I'm cursed with that. Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, but, you know, you guys live a whole different life. You're musicians. You're supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to wake up this early. time people. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, well, that's the other problem. That's the other problem is I love to stay up late, as I just was talking about, but I also ride horses and I have to wake up at eight in the morning, which for me is, I mean, I dread waking up early. I dread it. Why do you have to wake up early? Because it gets too hot to ride. Is that the? uh, No, it's just when I ride. It's just when I ride with my trainer. So it's like I just have to wake up early, which uh, it's worth it. It's just that I, I, I. hate waking up early i mean if i could ride at 9 p.m i would love that she just doesn't I almost, do those hours I, I almost got in touch with you i was very proud of you i was so bummed out when this fucking uh abortion law went into effect Me and too. You, yeah well you know yeah. it's 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 not an effect well you, you know what's going on i don't have to go through the whole history of it but yeah, i saw yeah. you oh, made yeah. a statement i saw that you made a statement and I was so happy to see it. I wish more artists would have said it, too. You said, I'm not going anywhere near a state. I'm not performing where uh, they're going to take away a woman's right to choose an abortion. Most people mm-hmm. in this country agree with you. We're now being ruled by the minority. We're not being ruled by the majority anymore. And I could go into that. But I was very yeah. proud that you took a stand. And I was going to call you and tell you that I was uh, so pleased to see you do it. And, um, mm. and you know, I don't know. Artists used to be the ones who would call out, you know, especially during the 60s and 70s with the Vietnam War. So yeah. it was good to see some some artists taking action like that. And ultimately, I guess you decided that if you don't perform there, it kind of, it's a weird thing. That it, it's like yeah. you're punishing the fans. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, thank you. I Yeah, my kind of my logic was like, you know, I, I was like, no way, I'm not fucking, you know, when they made that law, I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not going to give those people a fun, not the people in the crowd, but the people that make these, these choices for um, the oh, government. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to give them fun things to do uh, right. and joy to have. But, you know, my kind of logic was like, you know what, though, they're not at the show. I'm, right. if I'm not doing the show, I'm. I'm punishing the pe- the victims. I'm punishing the people that are the ones that are affected by this law, and that's those people need joy because you know they're they're getting their rights taken away. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking well, crazy. It is crazy. It's 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 completely insane. The other thing I like you did, and I I couldn't believe you. You, you know, I didn't picture you as a Met Gala kind of person. <laughs> uh, what is the Met Gala? I don't even know what that is. What uh, is that nonsense? What is it's, it? It's it's nuts. It's <laughs> what it's is famous? It? Pe- it's famous people, famous peopling. That's what it is. <laughs> right. And the idea is that if you go to the Met Gala, you wear a designer outfit, and you mm-hmm. and Oscar De La Renta said, 
Billy, we want you to wear our outfit. And you said, I'll tell you what, I'll wear your outfit if you stop using fur. Mm-hmm. And they stopped using fur. I like that yeah, too. They did. I yeah. think that was great. I'm I'm really happy you did it. But what did you, you? What did you? So so you wore this gown and you go to the Met Gala. And what did you? Who did you meet there? Other famous people? Yeah, I mean anybody cool? Yeah, everybody cool. I mean, fucking, I hear Billy and turn around and it's Frank Ocean. I mean, what the fuck is that? You know, wow. what the fuck is he doing there? He's Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah, what is but he doing? But then there? you you look around and it's like, oh, Kid Cudi, and then oh, uh, you know. Everybody else. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> All it's of like, show business. It's, it's re- you know what I, I... The main thing that night made me think or feel was how famous people are just like literally nobodies. I mean, just nobodies. Just randos. And it's so weird and i i mean i was like wow all these people are just somebody that's in class with you you know and you think this person's eh, kind of annoying you really like this person you get along with this person and everybody's just like embarrassed and insecure about what they're doing and saying and it's it's wild i mean it, it it was it was crazy i definitely felt really stupid for the first hour or so because i was like what the hell am I doing here and why it just didn't make any sense to me. And then, you know, I started talking to like Timothy and Kaya and I was like, Oh, you guys all feel the same. Like this is just, it's, it's just weird. I mean, it was amazing though. It was a beautiful, like it just was beautiful in there. And you know, what's nice about other people that are in the same kind of world that you're in is they're, they're not, getting their phone out and shoving it in your face because they don't want that themselves. And that is really relieving because that that's the, that's, that's my problem with the world is, is no matter what's going on or where you are, there's just, just people shove that phone in your face. And it's, it's really, you know, it's a disaster. Yeah. I have a real problem I hate with it. the, with the phones, uh, you know, cause this is all I see. This is what I see. Yeah, people really, are sneaking, yeah. sneaking the phone up to to take a picture of you. Now, I, I hate the way I look. And when someone <laughs> takes that phone out to take a picture of me, I sit there and I go, I don't want another horrible picture of me out there. It, it depresses me because I, I see it. I hate it. If I was good looking, snap away. Who gives a fuck? If I, if I look like John Stamos, I'd, I'd be like, go ahead, take a picture. It's the best thing I got. You don't like the way got. you look, Howard? I love oh, the way you look. God. I love the way you look. It, and, uh, well, you listen, got an Bill, iconic face. <laughs> yeah, they'll, and that's that's the <laughs> way of looking at it. I guess I don't know. I don't know. It's a mess to me. It's just not. It's not fun uh, having this face. I was supposed to look completely different. I don't know how this happened. I did the best I could with what I had genetically. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I could do. But um, um, by the way, I have breaking news. How's mm. this? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you some breaking news right now. What? Your song for the James Bond movie, No Time to Die, just got nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh, wow. that? No way. That? Yeah, I just, just got now? handed that. Just awesome. now. Nice. Thanks, How's Howard. That? Thanks for nominating and us, Howard. You're nominated? No, that's true. I hope that's, that's true. Cool. I mean, that's the, that's the word I got. You didn't make that up, did you? <laughs> Maybe I did. That's I don't so know. Cool. Uh, and, we'll get and backstage, and Alex, our publicist, will be like, "He was actually lying. That's not true." Uh, but might not be. Don't don't get too excited. But you but you'll win an Oscar for that too. I'm sure you'll be oh. nominated. Don't you think? Well, you got to be nominated first. So. Yeah, I think I, I, I think you'll they do. will though. Yeah. Wow, Golden Globe. That's so cool. That's so cool. That's crazy. Yeah. No, that's. Do you really like cool going process. to the award shows? You like picking up the awards? 
I I do. I have to admit, <laughs> they're these fun. These two I have mean, seven Grammys. It's yeah. fun, you know. It, yeah. You know whether you win or not. It's it's a it's just fun. It's scary and intimidating, and and that's why, like in the this year of COVID, I I felt such like I felt like really bad, but also for for the artists that were kind of blowing up in COVID, I felt bad for them, and I also kind of envied them because because the reason I envy them is like you guys don't have to do the live thing on stage in front of all these people randomly like you know they didn't they didn't have to have the nerves of of you know touring, on stage yeah. to, well not touring but like the Award, grammys yeah. The, yeah. the grammys and the you know all the award shows where it's the entire i mean the the, the 2020 grammys were the most insane thing in the world and not just because uh of the awards that I received, but the whole night before any of that was just so scary. And when you perform, it just, so I, I had this like kind of jealousy of like, Oh my God, these people don't have to worry. Cause everything was pre-recorded last year. It was like all these performances that were pre pre-taped and you know, mm. they could get all their vocals right and they didn't have to worry about it being live. But then I also felt really bad because that, intimidation is actually what makes it really fun and makes it really scary and feel actually like a real thing. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that right now it's, it's so far knock on wood better and, and we can actually do award shows cause they're, they're, I think they're really fun. I mean, the they're also cool. They're also a lot. So sometimes if you're, if you're not in that right headspace, it, it can be rough, but I, I, I do like them. Well, what else is good for you guys is that you can actually perform live. You and Phineas can sing live. Uh, most of uh, a lot of your, uh, let's say, um, uh, peers, they can't fucking sing live. They can't do it. They're, they're too busy dancing around. They cannot do it. You know it's true. A lot of people are singing to a track, right? I mean, so you guys, you know, you, 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 performing live is only going to serve you better to show an audience that you guys can really perform. You know, I said yeah. the same thing to Ed Sheeran. I mean, it's uh, it's that kind of vibe. But anyway, you guys are nominated for seven Grammys this year. Phineas Amazing. is also nominated for Best New Artist, which uh, crazy. Yeah, this is pretty great. Wait a minute, so I think cool. you've been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, you're the new artist. Well, yes. listen, let's hope you get it. The um, <laughs> I think you deserve it. The the um, Thanks, the, the thing is, I think based on what you're saying, is that you're conflicted about fame. That on the one hand. What's it all mean? And what does it mean to be friends with a famous person? It's all bullshit. But then, mm -hmm. on the other hand, when you're hanging around with other famous people, they're not putting a phone in your face every minute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're artists, and they share that bond with you. So that, mm -hmm. that's a good thing. And, but all of the adulation and everything we give to famous people, you're realizing, you know what? They're just like everyone else. I don't know why I'm carrying on. But it was interesting in that documentary, the reaction to Justin Bieber. You were a big Justin Bieber fan. You were so big yeah. that your mom wanted to put you in therapy because you were too obsessed yeah. with Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, but true. when you meet this guy, at some moment in that documentary, you're you're in tears. It's like you. It's like the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. Are, are, is that still a big deal to you, or is that have has that worn off as well? No, no, it has not worn off. Um, I mean, I cherish that moment to this day, and I think I I will forever. And, you know, I'm friends with him now and I right. talk to him a lot on the phone and, you know, we talk through stuff and he's, he's really such a sweet guy. And, and I call Haley and we, we all were, you know, Haley's kind of become like 
the person that I look for when I go to events where there's famous people because I get so flipped out to go to stuff like that. Even though it's like, it is fun, but like a you know the kind of the dinners scare the shit out of me. Um, also because you can't bring your team with you, and literally I don't have friends besides my team. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really true. I, 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 my, my friends, my best friends are all people that I employ. And that feels weird when I think about it, but it is true. And I don't care. And they don't, they don't come to stuff like that. Cause it's like, I am invited as me. And you, maybe you get one plus one and who knows, you know, it'll be Phineas or maybe one person I bring or whatever. And I get so nervous at those things. And, and like Haley's like become who I look for to like go and she's your rock myself. She, yeah. Because- she's great. I know what you're talking about. First of all, as you said, you point out, you're 19 years old. You get invited to a dinner, even at like Katy Perry's house, who she's considerably older than you. And, you know, she's sure. there with all her famous friends. And you walk in and you're feeling insecure. And suddenly the, you're sitting at a dinner table with people you probably never would have known. They're much older than you. And all of a sudden you go, what, what do I have to contribute here? Or, or who, like, like, where do I fit into all of this? Mm-hmm. I get nervous at that stuff. I, yeah. I I'm I'm glad I live in New York. I'm glad I'm not part of that LA. Uh, I I do not like yeah. it. I do, you know, and and, and it, it's a, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it's harrowing, isn't it? it, it yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whose house do you get to go over for dinner? What was the greatest night where you all of a sudden you get a call and you say we wanna we wanna have you over, Billy? This would be great. Well, Elton John. Nice. That he wanted us to have dinner, and uh, he has a he has a chef that he that 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 helps him and and makes food for him, and is is really sweet. And <laughs> throughout the night, and he's such a he's so sweet, and his house is huge <laughs> and beautiful. Right, and Sh- yeah, shocker. Elton yeah. John's right. house is huge. <laughs> and, right. Uh, he throughout dinner. <laughs> you want to tell? Him? Sure. Billy and I went over to dinner at Elton's house. You just do such a good impression. David Furnish. And in the kitchen, out would come these really delicious dishes. And he also had a sort of, uh, for lack of a maybe the perfect word, he had a, a manservant butler person named Bumble. And he would, he would over the course of the evening, he'd be in the middle of telling you a story, and he'd say, oh, sorry, one second, Bumble! And he would shout like that. And, and, and Bumble would... Literally Oliver Twist. And this very sweet man would scurry in, kind of sort of head bowed, and Elton would go... Um, uh, he'd, he'd go. Could you? Can I? Can I have a cappuccino, please? And Bumble at would, like ten p.m. Yeah, and Bumble would nod, and Elton would look to me, and he'd go, uh, "I do you want anything." And I'd go, um, "Yeah, like, I, I'd also take whatever the, the same thing you'll you'll have. I'll, I'll have a cappuccino too." And Elton would go, "What?" Because Elton is basically <laughs> deaf at this point. Right, I know. <laughs> been rocking out for so long. Anyway, and then and then and then you'd be in the middle of the. He'd be telling you know some other incredible, unbelievable Elton John esque story. <laughs> yeah, and he'd be in the middle of it, and you go, "Hold on." Bumble and Bumble bringing like his heartburn medication on like a little silver uh, platter. It's so um, great. It was great. Yeah. Was Were so you fun. guys Elton shocked? Is the coolest. The Elton is the coolest. Were you shocked? Uh, Elton does not have a piano or any instrument in his home at all. Uh, did you realize that he does not have a he piano? Had a pian- I'm sorry to ruin this, but he had a piano in the room. <laughs> He told me he does right not there. have. You see, he 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 told me point blank he does not huh. have a piano in the house. Maybe Why he realized that's that? super dumb. And then <laughs> yeah, he, he, maybe he that's one. what happened. <laughs> that's what he needs. He needs the piano. Can you imagine? Did he ever uh, no, say to you guys? Imagine. 
Do you guys ever talk to Elton John about music when you're sitting there, or do you just avoid the topic? Like, hey, wouldn't it be a lot cooler not to talk <laughs> about music? Because everyone probably talks to him about music. You know what I we mean? See, with other people, we don't talk about music. Just, Elton is obsessed with music. Yeah, he is. I see. I just don't. I don't find it. Well, I, I don't. I like talking about other stuff with with people. What? Why are you geeking? It, because when we were with Elton, Elton said, "Do you know the Kid Leroy?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I said, yeah, I do, do you know, know the Kid Leroy." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I do know the Kid Leroy," and he said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> it's terrible. It's like Beethoven being deaf. You know, I hope you're learning from Elton John. You guys got to watch your ears and make sure you don't blow out it's your voice and all that kind of stuff. Back then. Well, also he'd be like, "I'm having dinner with." Charlie Puth tomorrow. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. And then like we 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 gave uh, we gave Elton this box of chocolates, and uh, the next day I get a DM from little boy Charlie Puth, and uh, he's like, "Yo, where did you get these? Cho- where where did you get these chocolates Elton had?" Fucking called him Elton. I was like, "Hey Charlie, get the fuck out of my DMs. I don't <laughs> care." So oh my god! I would think like I, I would have been cool if he got around the piano and said, "Hey, did he did he tell you that he's a fan of your album and uh, specific songs and, and 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 was he really familiar with the music?" Yes. Yeah, he was yeah. actually. Good. He listens wow, to music awesome. night and day. He has a radio show. He's great. He's really he, such a such a wonderful guy. Yeah, and he's very smart. He gave really good advice and everything too. He's cool. Yeah. He's so people, what's the you best? Know, what's the best bit of advice you get from an Elton John? Is he like? Well, I mean, what the hell does he tell you? Um, I don't remember anything. Anyone? I don't. I don't remember any advice people tell me. I mean, I feel so bad. People always, <laughs> people are always like really um, into advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Is that right? <clears throat> yeah, they are. People are. People love, love advice. advice. Well, they do. You know. You know what I noticed. In that documentary again you did, you meet Katy Perry in the documentary, and right away she's like, here, here's my number, I'll give you advice. And I'm like, um, you know, everybody's experience is different. What advice could he give somebody? You know, I mean, yeah. you, maybe you're right. not looking for any advice. You're going to just right. do it your way. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe your way's the yeah, best way. dude. Yeah, man. I, I, I actually think about this a lot because, like, especially looking back now on the few first years of my career when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. You think like whenever I, I talk about the beginning of my career, it's it's I think of it as like, oh, the first few years when I was really young. But really, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 and 19. Those are all ages that if you just said one of them, it's like, holy shit, that's so oh, she's so young. And, and it right. was all of those ages year after year. And then I never got older. But I think about this a lot because in those first few years, when things were starting, I was getting these messages or I would meet, you know, famous celebrities, people like her and people, you know, like uh, Gaga and uh, like Katy Perry and Lord and Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift and um, Ariana. Like people, people that are so huge and came before me and experienced it and people would lend a hand and be like, I, you know. I'm here if you need advice. Like, and they do me. all have words of wisdom. They, they do. They've been through experiences but that you're going to go What is really interesting, and now that I'm kind of on the other side and there's artists coming up now that I feel like that towards, I want to be saying those things too, but I know that 
they don't really do anything. They they just make you feel safe. And I think that's why it's important that, that people say things like that, is they make you feel comforted and not alone. But really, nobody experiences the same things. I mean, that's just no. how life is. There's, there's, you know, you go to Target and there's hundreds of the same toy, but none of them are the same. There's nothing that there's n- there's nothing in the world that there's two of. It's just one thing everywhere, even if there's multiples of them. It's a specific no. You're right. Thing, Pe- so. People should yeah. shut the fuck up, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's just like you know, if you go in for surgery. And you say to someone, hey, you had that surgery. What was it like for you? And they start telling you some horrible story, the bad experience they had. It's I don't want to hear true. that shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> maybe I'm not going to have the same experience as you, you fucking asshole. Just shut up because I don't want you neurotically putting that in my head and giving me the same thing. So funny, You're 100% huh? right. That is true. Hey, by the way, but it's what funny was- cause I, I, I fight the urge to be like, you know, Olivia to Miss Rodrigo, who's fucking killing it. I right. want to be like... I just want to like take her and be like, wait, 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 and like shove her in a black glass, a glass box and like protect her from everything. And, you know, same with really everybody that's starting out. And I think that's the exact same instinct everybody had with you. Yeah, but you just, you just, they just have to figure it out on their own and it sucks. And I, I, you know, people are always like, I wish someone had told me da 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 when I was going through this. I'm like, you wouldn't have listened. And also it wouldn't have done anything. So yeah mistakes right we learned from you guys you know you guys pulled it off too where these other people didn't some of the people you mentioned don't have the cool factor like when i talked to eddie vetter i had eddie vetter on the show he had really great things to say about your music and that guy doesn't bullshit me you know what i mean yeah uh, Sweet guy. uh I when it. you when you got a guy like eddie vetter who says hey i respect you as an artist or brandy carlisle was in here talking that she said you know, she Dave really loved your music. Yeah. Dave Grohl yeah. had some really nice things to say. Wow. So, you know, it's really kind of cool. By the way, what was that second song you did? It's from the new album on Saturday Night Live. I thought yeah. that was beautiful. What is that oh, song? And what is that thank about? You. I, that I, song, I, say, what were you going to say? I think it's about porn. <laughs> <laughs> there is a verse about porn. Um, it's called yeah. Male Fantasy. And it's the second to last song we made on the album. And we made it accidentally. We, we, so in COVID, we, we didn't have a goal of making anything at first. Like we got home from tour and we were like, wow, this is a lot of time off. And we weren't really seeing each other because we didn't have anything to do, which meant that we weren't going anywhere. And just because of that, seeing each other. And so my, we said this before, I'll just say it quickly. Our mom came up with this idea of, of just, you know, you guys should write and, and you're not writing because you don't see each other because you don't do anything because we're in COVID, but we should like mm-hmm. make a schedule so that you guys write. And we were like, oh, that's all fucking stupid. Oh, we don't need a schedule. As soon as we <laughs> made a schedule, we wrote my future and then we wrote the rest of the album. But in that time, we were just creating and we, we had a schedule that was uh, Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. And it was like one to whenever we wanted to end. And it was great because it didn't make it didn't it, it didn't feel like. We have to, we have to make this. We have to finish this. We have to do this. We would go sometimes and we would just eat Taco Bell and hang out and laugh and that. And then I'd be like, eh, I don't feel super creative. I'm going to go home. And it was great. And it was so great mm. to not have the, the pressure of, you know, even though our label is great, it's like they want music and, you know, people want you to do stuff, which I get because I feel the same way. And it was just nice not to have that. And this was, uh, this was like December, January of, um, this year and the end of last year and we we had our almost the whole album and we were working but we were very 
we weren't doing anything. We weren't coming up with anything. We were being very like uncreative and just lazy. And um, I literally grabbed my bag, put my shoes on, got up, and I was walking towards the door. And Phineas was playing guitar, and I just started talking about like something. I just like th- I thought about this thing about like porn, and I was just talking about how weird porn is, and and we were just joking about like how weird it is, and just. You know that it's so normal in the world, and it's so fucking weird, and it just makes you feel horrible, kind of to to be to watch it at all. And I know that's weird because we're siblings, but we talk about all sorts of shit like that, like just like in general how weird the world is. And we just started talking about it and laughing about it. And Phineas was just playing guitar and just like strumming, and we were giggling about the idea of writing a verse about porn. Porn and. And how it doesn't fucking make it, it. It's as a woman, I think porn is a disgrace. And I used to watch a lot of porn. To be honest, I started watching porn when I was like eleven. Wow. And um, you know, it's I I didn't understand why it was a a bad thing. I thought I thought that's how you learned how to have sex. I mean, my mom has this has this thing that that she's told me that that completely traumatized her which is that she i I was complaining to my mom because i'm very open with my parents and my family and i was like oh my friend's mom doesn't let her watch porn and my mom was like what do you watch porn and i was like yeah she was like you do and i was like yeah and she was appalled and she was like well why and i was like how else am i supposed to learn to have sex and she was horrified by that and understandably and i think and i used to be like the person that would like talk about porn all the time i'd be like oh it's so stupid that anybody would think that porn is bad or fucked up or you know i think it's so cool and it's great and it's and it's what kind of porn were you watching billy um you know weird all this stuff i like uh, you, were you watching the brothers and sisters porn because no, <laughs> <laughs> no 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 god no but it's that's... all weird but, but... no i was no. not i Dude. was watching i was watching um abusive porn to be honest and right. i S&M? i have to tell you yeah and i okay. have to and you know when i was like 14 and mm. he, dude oh my god my publicist is probably so angry back there <laughs> not angry but you know all, <laughs> sorry alex but anyway i i i I was an advocate and I, you know, thought I was one of the guys and would talk about it and think I was really cool for 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 not having a problem with it and not seeing why it was bad. And, you know, I uh, I think it really destroyed my brain. And um, I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much porn. I think that I had like sleep paralysis and these like almost like night terror slash just nightmares because of it. I think that's how they started because I would just watch abusive, you know, BDSM and that's what I thought was attractive. And I just didn't, I, it got to a point where like, I like didn't, I couldn't watch anything else. Like unless it was violent, I like didn't think it was attractive and I had, was a virgin. I, I had never done anything. And, and so I, I let it, it led to problems where, you know, the first, oh, the first few times I, you know, had sex, I was not saying no to things that were not good. And it's because I thought that that's what 
I was supposed to be attracted to. And I just, I am, I'm so angry that porn is so loved and I'm so angry at myself for, for thinking that it was okay. And, and, um, it, it, it just is the, the way that like vaginas look in porn is fucking crazy. No vaginas look like that. Women's bodies don't look like that. We don't come like that. We don't fucking enjoy things that are what it looks like people are enjoying. And it's how so many people think that they're supposed to learn. It's how so many men think that they're supposed to be. And because in porn, there's no consent. There's such a huge problem of consent and, and not just consent in having sex, but consent during sex of, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? And yeah, it's not super hot when somebody's like, can I do this? But it's really important. And I can't believe what you're saying because I really agree 100%. Now, here's why. When I was little, I didn't, the only thing you had was like a New York Times girdle, uh, girdle ad or like a, as a boy. Yeah. I knew nothing about sex. There was such an innocence. I, I, you'd watch National Geographic to see a woman's breasts or something. You, you didn't. There was nowhere to go. Well, the first time I had sex, I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. There was a certain innocence about it. <laughs> yeah. And I've often said, if I had porn when I was a kid, I, I mean, I literally, I'd be running around spanking people, thinking that this is what they would like. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't know. It's true. I, I'd it's be very misinformed. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a real problem. And I have three daughters, and I was like, what do they think is going on? And I, you know, but I never, re- I don't know, we never talked about it, but. Because it's hard to talk it about, when- and you feel weird yeah. talking about it with your parents. You're shy about it. You know, you know, it, like Phineas is my best friend, and he also happens to be my brother, so it's like, I don't really want to talk to Phineas about porn. It's like, makes me feel uncomfortable. It's too weird. It's too weird, but also you want to talk to your friends about it, and so, you know getting older and actually having good sex and a good and and like good relationships and like things that are actually healthy then thinking back to how i thought things were supposed to be uh really was upsetting and you know just just also dude (laughs) it just is it's crazy to be a woman and especially a woman girl growing up in the public eye being a minor and young and yeah, I Boy, worry about you dating. I worry yeah. about you dating. You're not on any of those apps. You're not on Raya no, no. or any of that, are you? No, no, no. I, that does. How not, do you How do you meet dudes? Because you got to be super careful out there with yeah. uh, who you date. How, how do you meet people anyway? Phineas, uh, you should like screen these dudes. I think maybe or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a serial dater. I'm not a person that goes and looks for people. I'm not. I'm just. Billy isn't at the club. No, I don't go to stuff and flirt with people. I'm not. I just don't. Can you imagine? You know how many actresses I've interviewed that are on uh, these apps? Like I was talking to Drew Barrymore. She she went on a date. She showed up at some dude's house. Imagine you're like in your house and you're like, hey, guess we just showed up to my house for for like, you know, it's like room service. (laughs) Drew Barrymore just showed up. That's pretty cool. But I mean, I I understand because it's really hard to meet people when... You know, people are either terrified of you or think you're out of their league or that they could, you know, it's it's hard. It is hard. And I, I, I definitely like last year thought I would be single for the rest of my life. This is a great, Mm. very depressing, realistic thing to be thinking. But I, I, I genuinely couldn't even picture myself 
in a relationship of any sort. And um, mm. I got over that pretty fast. But no, I, 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 I'm not worried about that right now. But it is it is weird, you know, with people and and the way that the what's it called? Uh, it is society, weird. Yeah, society because works. If you were a male rock star, you'd be fucking your brains out, probably. You know yeah. what I mean? That was the old, uh-huh. uh, that's the way it was done. You go on the road, yeah. and then, you know, everybody's, you know, and it's very different for a, a woman. It's just it still is. Yeah, really and weird. You know, are looking if, for different things, I think. Yeah, and also, if I were fucking my brains out with random people, I'm a whore. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. the, the standard right, 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 right. What, what, you know, yeah. the, the, the male man, paradigm is, like, celebrated it, for you're, it. You're so, you know, you're dope, and you're the man. And you're, then a if you're a You're a player. If your woman does it, it's like oh my god that's so gross she's promiscuous she 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 needs to go back to the right. streets it's like what the fuck dude and and it's this it's not the same it's it's just in the same realm of of porn and it's like if you it's all about if, ownership really if you're is what it is. not interested in being uh, like getting thrown around during sex if you're not interested in being slapped and being choked people are like you're vanilla you're soft you're that's not you're boring in bed you're not a freak you're not it's like what the right. i have to be i have to want and i'm not talking about me i'm talking about women you, you women are like oh i have to like being hurt to be thought of as good and best interesting you know what's and, crazy too right. howard i'm that's sorry to cut you off, no, no, but i just wanted it. to say on the on the subject of like you know, like, I think it's really easy as a kid to be exposed to uh, pornography or a hardcore pornography when you're young because safe search on, like, every kid has access to the internet on their iPad or their iPod or their laptop or their parents' laptop when their parents are out of the room, like, whatever it is. And safe yeah. search isn't super protective. And now, Billy and I talk about this all the time. Now there's TikTok, right? Dude. And TikTok is so hyper sexualized it's great like nuts i i feel all that stuff billy was just saying about the choking and the slapping and whatever it's like all like tiktok trends like sir like literally like there's this one crazy it it is it is it has genuinely been upsetting to me lately because i've been doing so much self examining in the past year and like you know you know going through like having yeah, lots of therapy yeah. and also kind of therapy within relationships and having good sex and healthy sex and having good relationships. And like these things really brought out trauma that I had sexually. And why are we talking about what were you just TikTok. Oh, TikTok? Because I've been so hyper aware of this lately, I. TikTok is is so funny. I love TikTok. It makes it brings me joy. It's funny. People are funny. They have fun. I want people to feel themselves. I want people to feel hot. Good exposure. Sexy. Like you find music on TikTok. You, feel, you find music. You find people. Cool. You think cool people platform. are cool. But I am really upset by the hypersexualization of super young women and and men and anybody that doesn't um, conform to a, a gender. But because it. It's horrible to me because TikTok, you could be any age. You're, you're, you just get the app, you know? It's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's no, it's crazy. A it's a, I, it, I it agree. is a kid's app. People think of it as a kid's app. There's literally a trend that makes me, and people don't even realize that it, it's like, you know, a song. Who cares? The song is fine, whatever. 
people can make songs. It's it's a good song, whatever. It's like fuck me like you want me, and it's like it's like the the beat is like the sound of like a bed creaking, right? So it's mm. like a you know sexual song, whatever. I love sexual songs, love them. But the trend is like you hold your phone like this, and then you go like. You like and what? Bounce, you like, bounce your tits? You, you go like this. No, you like make a you you like do a body movement that looks like you're on top. Fucking. And, oh. And okay. then you like go like like as if you're having sex and it just pops up on your phone and they like I'm like, guys, this is literally porn. It's just like you're pretending. You know, it's you made a crazy. really There's good point. Kids everywhere all over the app that oh, would traumatize I, me if i saw that when i was a kid traumatize me you, you're Dude. bringing up such a good thing because i'm telling you man if i had had that shit when i was 14 i would have been way overly sexualized and uh mm-hmm. i would have assumed what women want was like way more violent probably you know there was an innocence yeah how could you um, not yeah yeah no i hear you i really do and and it, it is weird uh, but I will, uh, full disclosure, I do watch a lot of porn. You know, I sure. still beat off at my advanced age. Can you fucking believe it? I thought it would, I thought it would end by now. I didn't realize. <laughs> you don't either. watch, be, you know, uh, S&M. You don't, you don't, no, I'm not into s and I just want to do that. What are you, I just want to see your search. What's your porn uh, search history? Two, uh, uh, I just watched two women massaging each other. It was her yeah. first time getting a massage. Yeah, yeah. I, Anything I, I, with come women on, is beautiful. Yeah, I that's mean, beautiful. It, I can't uh, watch a man in porn. I know. No, no. Meanwhile, how weird is it? The, the trend is step uh, stepsister and brother yeah. uh, getting it on. That, that also gives me nightmares. Like, Horror. literally. But anyway, hey, listen, I don't want to run out of time with Howard that. Howard doesn't want to tell you. That's what he watches. So. <laughs> yeah, I do watch that. But, uh, yeah, but you know what? I don't want that. Oh, I don't want to fuck my sister. I honestly, but? I mean, I have a wonderful sister. I, that's not my fantasy. Oh my but for some God. reason, listen, I, you don't need to get into my disturbing thoughts. You, you, you guys have said it all. Listen, let's celebrate the new album. Uh, and, and and I know you're not doing male fantasy, but I think that that's just a beautiful song. Uh, though you, you did it on Saturday Night Live. I loved it. The um, the two songs we were talking about doing this morning. Uh, first one up from the new album, Everyone, Everybody Dies. And let mm-hmm. me tell you something. That is a topic that freaks me the fuck out. I can, you know, I'm getting older. I don't, you kids can't see it. You see, you, you look at me like I'm 30. It's a concept uh, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> But I'm tra- I'm looking at I'm looking at you know I got one foot in the grave I'm looking at it I'm staring at it. now I got to tell you something man we're dealing with it my girl what do you guys yeah what do you yeah whatever you're singing about I'm in it I'm gonna be gone you guys are gonna be here without me I can't oh, take I it I hope we're not here without time. you for too long Howard that's very oh, sad. Well. Well, listen. I you, think you how long do you think he can last, Phineas? Yeah, yeah, uh, Robin, Phineas, how long do you think he has? <laughs> I don't think I don't got much more. Listen, I read the newspapers. People are going. I've read the actuarial table. What do you mean by this? Everybody dies. Uh, no, everyone is going to die. That's it. It's it's just, it, that's the point. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, that's the, that's literally this. the point. No. Uh, uh, Am I going to start crying when you do this? If if you're flipped out by everybody dying, then I mean I don't want to uh, die, Billy. Billy, you don't. I don't want to die. I don't want to leave my wife. I love her so much. Yeah, that's that and is my the kids. problem. Are you way older than your wife? Uh, uh, <laughs> what do you call you way mean, older? Yeah, <laughs> like, like what to you is way older? Ten years, fifteen years, like something like uh. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really well, and listen. There might be some. Don't you, might be hey, Phineas. 
don't you date my wife when I uh, drop dead. I'll be real. I'll come back and haunt you, and I'll go underneath Billy's bed and come back and haunt both of you. Oh my fucking god! I'm not bullshitting you. Everybody behave. Howard Stern. Came out from under my bed and screamed at me because you're dating his wife now. Yeah, Yeah, no, you know what's weird? I'm going to figure out a way to go under Billy's bed when I die, and she's not even going to wreck. She's going to just be like, she's going to have one of those beds to the floor, and I'm not even going to be able to get under there. That's true. Um, true. All right. All right. I'm going to try and handle this. I'll let you guys do your thing. This is from the new album, Everybody Die. I'm going to do a rotation of the chords. Everybody dies Surprise, surprise We tell each other lies Sometimes we try To make it feel like We might be right We might not be Everybody dies, that's what they say And maybe in a couple hundred years They'll find another way I just wonder why you'd wanna stay If everybody goes You'd still be got the chills that was beautiful beautiful. boy the two of you man are you first of all Phineas, you is the sign of a professional musician that you could sit there and play that keyboard with confidence knowing you're not going to fuck up and make a mistake (laughs) so you it's crazy how he does it how does he do that 
That's just the greatest gift. Thanks, I mean, do you practice? I do. A lot? I do, do mess you? up. Pl- I do practice a lot, but I do mess up plenty. <laughs> I mess up a lot, but hopefully, hopefully, the way I'm messing up is disguised. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. Billy, this happens a lot. Where Billy's down in front of the stage and I bomb a note or something, and I don't think the audience knows, but Billy goes. Like, <laughs> I always look at yeah. I don't mean. To, I don't mean no, to but like. But you can tell. I would do the same thing. So, yeah. Anyway, but hopefully the mistakes I'm I making. I don't do at it like point, you fucked up. I do it no. like. Did you fuck up? Hopefully, at this point, the mistakes are subtle enough that only Billy knows, or our music director, or my guitar tech, or something. But it's but yeah. beautiful. And, and, Thank and, you. and Billy, you, you wrote the lyrics to that one. Is that how it we works? Both did. We both, you both did. did. Are you yeah. both obsessed with uh, with death? death? Do you think yeah. about dying am, a lot? I am. I don't want to speak for Phineas. I am obsessed with death. I. I. That's why I asked um, when you said you don't want to die i asked if you don't want to die because i really do and i don't mean that like as a cry out for help i i genuinely mean like i i am excited by death i think that i i i've always been interested in death i think my parents used to worry about it because when we would go on like a hike or a walk and there was a dead animal i would go over to it and kneel in front of it and stare at it for like 10 minutes i just it's super weird behavior but i I just was interested. I thought it was interesting and, and fascinating. And well, did you, know, you ever feel suicidal? Did you ever yeah. feel as yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But 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 that wasn't because you were interested in death. No, that was because of depression. That was of depression. Yeah. But I no. I I am I am I am so relieved that we die. I I, I mean I'm not relieved that my parents are going to die and I'm going to have to live through that. That haunts me and i'm not relieved that anybody i love has to die but i i am very excited by death so i i hope that Mm. when i get to that point that that maybe puts people a little bit on ease when i die so that they're like well she actually do you believe do you believe in god do you believe you're going somewhere i believe in whatever the fuck happens i don't i don't have any reason not to i i i don't specifically think this is going to happen this is going to happen i just think who the fuck knows? I, I, we were talking about this last night. Like, there is no, there's no reason that somebody should be uh, skeptical because we literally live on a ball. Yeah. In space. I mean, there's no, there's no reason that aliens couldn't exist if there's a floating ball of gas that is 93 m- million miles away. That keeps us warm, and if it was gone, we would die. There's no reason that should make sense, but, oh, well, life on another planet doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Why would we be the only people that exist? It doesn't make any sense. So, I don't know. I, I have no I have no belief in this or that. I just think whatever happens, happens, and we have no control over it. Let's talk about the song, Your Power. This is about men um, using their power to what? To again, it's the same theme about men overpowering women. I think using their power, or yep. or powerful men just using their power for the wrong purposes. Yep. Um, yeah, I was actually going to mention this song when we were just talking about what we were talking about, but I knew we would come back to it. Uh, this song is it is it is about a lot of things. It is mainly about uh statutory rape and um 
Yeah, I I have wanted to write about it for a long time. I think without even really realizing, um, you know, I started at thirteen and I'm still only nineteen and got a lot of a lot of stories I won't tell and uh, I, a lot of people's lives I could ruin and I don't um, feel that I need and it's not like oh somebody that everybody loves and it's not like I'm keeping a secret about somebody that oh my god who is it it's not it's all people but that Billy, I know and stuff but, but Billy why not <laughs> why not ruin someone I've had this discussion with uh, women who have been sexually assaulted <laughs> why not ruin someone's life I've asked women this if somebody did something terrible, why not go out and uh, out them, so to speak, and, and uh, report them? You know what I mean? If this yeah. happened to you, what, what held you back from saying something? Um, I guess I don't want to give them the attention. Uh, specifically, like it, it is conflicting though, because you want to, and, and again, I'm not talking about some famous person everybody loves and knows about. It's all like, People I knew that aren't people that the world really knows to an extent. And uh, I, I guess I guess I don't want them to, you know, there's a lyric in there for I am. Uh, I'd rather you remain unremarkable, which is like, you know, I don't want that. I don't no matter what you say about somebody, if you have a big platform, people are just going to go over to it. They're, they're, they're going to give them attention and well, some of it's going to be good. Would it be good from the respect that this would stop this person from doing it to other people? If someone that you know in your personal life or in your mm -hmm. business, I don't know who this person is, but or maybe it's several people. If you've been abused, maybe by you, uh, you know, somehow reporting it, you would stop some other victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I, 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 I wish people's behavior was was reliably. I wish the world was less forgiving to sexual predators yeah i i think that uh i think the problem is that those people didn't realize that it was wrong so it's not mm. it's not i think it was like you know i was very mature for my age and i'm an old soul and like what is an old soul when you're 16 <laughs> a minor is what that and is somebody else is like 28 but in your case, Billy, that could be actionable. You know, the statute of limitations it, oh, have not run out on you. Absolutely. And I I guess I just, like, don't... I don't know. It's actually a good question. I don't know why I don't. I, I think that, to me, I, I am not... Uh, I'm not interested in... Here's the thing. I think if if one of these people or whoever... My situation or somebody else's situation... <clears throat> if those people tried to say something about me, then I would have to, for my own well-being, tell the truth. And that almost happened, but it didn't. But, um, no, I, I, I think, like, I would rather handle it internally and get them fired and get them... Make them aware make of them their, their actions. Have you made them aware? Do do these dudes know you're pissed off and that they did something have wrong to you? Have you told them? Yeah. I think so, uh, for the most part. And and again, I you know, it it so many people have had it so much worse than me. It doesn't invalidate my experiences, but you know, I didn't nothing crazy happened. It was just a lot a lot of inappropriate behavior 
um, with some people and many people. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I guess like I just don't. It's, first of all, it's embarrassing and people don't believe you. And right. I also don't want to give them the attention. And I also worry because people like certain people want to fight back and who knows what they're going to lie about. And then I don't want to deal with that. And like, I don't want to get asked about it. I don't want to have to think about them or see their face. And I don't want to have to, I just, I don't want to. Deal I with know it. a so woman, I'm, a woman told me who was raped that she didn't tell her parents because uh, she was afraid her father would go kill the guy and then he'd end up in jail. Literally. That's uh, yeah. that was her explanation. So there's a whole kinds of, uh, so in a way, you can't, sometimes you can't even go to your parents about it, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. a really bad cycle, um, and you know you're 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 scared to tell people, and also because when you're young and and innocent and don't have a developed brain, you you don't want the person that is abusing you or preying on you to get in trouble. You know, you're like, right. well, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want them to, I don't want them to lose their job. I don't want them to lose this or that, and. And, you know, Phineas was actually the person that I told for, for like one of them. And, and I just, I just was like, please don't tell, like, please don't tell my mom, like, don't tell anybody. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to get them fired and I don't want to have to da 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 da. And it just, but yeah, Phineas, they were must fired. Have been Phineas was like, fuck that. I'm yeah, going to tell I got him fired. fired. You got him fired. Got him. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, song, I do understand this because I was watching the Tina Turner documentary mm-hmm. and one of the regrets of her life is that whole thing about her experience with her husband, Ike Turner, and all the abuse she suffered. She hates being known for that. Yeah, right. this, this is, this is the problem, yeah. Robin. This is the problem. So yeah. the song is called Your Power. Yes. And... Uh, uh, it'd be great. Phineas, you're going to play guitar on this? Yes, sir. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you showing off from piano to guitar. <laughs> Jesus, I can't play anything. I suck. Ooh, but instead want- of, instead of, you know, telling the world and ruining people's life and then instead of people having to deal with, okay, here's the, this is actually a real thing. And we wrote lyrics in this song about this, which is that people tend to not feel bad unless they're getting canceled for it. <laughs> mm. or they're they're getting repercussions Facing for it. consequences. And I really don't want that. And I don't I don't want whoever something is about. I don't want that to be like uh this the, that's their issues like wow, well she got me she got my this thing. The away. consequence should be that you violated a person and that's unacceptable and how can you live with yourself? Yeah. The consequence shouldn't be that you lose your job you, and you that's the only reason presence. you feel bad. You you may lose your job because of your unacceptable behavior, but yeah. you shouldn't feel bad that you lost your job. You feel bad that you violated a person. Yeah. Anyway, right. so 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 there's, you know, lyrics in this song about like will you only feel bad if they find out? Cuz Clearly, Mm -hmm. that happens so many times of people just living their life totally fine. I don't care. I don't think about it. And then as as soon as people know, they're like, oh, no, it's it's a problem. And, and, you know, it's just I just I'll say more after we sing the song. But um, this is from the album Happier Than Ever. Yes, this is your power.
you too oh my god i gotta get in a band i don't know why i'm wasting my time with this <laughs> join us um, <laughs> listen i've been told i i gotta wrap things up with you guys i guess i guess uh after two hours <laughs> you know i, I, I kept you here say, long are enough. you guys okay <laughs> yeah um i'm holding my pee yeah, I yeah me too. Pee I'm, too. Holding, I'm holding some pee too listen first of all <laughs> billy thank you because i know you're not feeling well and uh if that's how you sing when you're not feeling well yeah, you're, you're in good shape great. Oh, thanks, uh, guys. Phineas, you're you're charming. You're uh, you're you're a talented man. I, I tell you, the two of you together, it just it's dynamic. I can't believe you're brother and sister that to have so much talent in one family. Can it's you fantastic. Imagine the power couple 
They were kids uh, together, everything, you know. It was I like don't play amazing. an instrument. My sister doesn't play an instrument. I'm so <laughs> furious with the world right now. Um, uh, by the way, that song is beautiful, and it sounds like a betrayal from somebody you actually trusted and admired. So uh, that's what I get out of that song, and that's why it yeah. was meaningful. And it's a great you know? thing. Yeah. yeah, you're powerful. Don't oh, yeah. don't abuse it. Right. Yeah, like isn't that and, and, enough? And be- just being yeah, powerful. Totally. And besides, you know, the, the sexual abuse and, and whatever we're talking about, uh, th- there is everybody has power and we all like literally everybody we need we need to, to figure out how to not abuse it. And, and I talk about this a lot and it's not just in relationships and it's not just in, you know, uh, 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 power dynamics. It's or like age power dynamics of, of a minor and whatever. Um it's in life. I mean, we just, we all have power and it's, it's, it's hard because you want to, you want to misuse the power that you have because you want to do crazy shit because you have power. You know, it, it makes sense, but we have That's to right. remember not to. So, well, look, but, L- Lauren yeah. Michaels in power and uh, he coughed all over you. And uh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I, Billie Eilish's Grammy nominated album, Happier Than Ever. That's what we're listening to today. It was beautiful. Yeah. Phineas's album, Optimus, also available wherever music yeah. is sold. Howard. You can hear Billy and Phineas's music on Sirius XM Hits 1. The next, if I ever get you in here again, and who knows how long that'll be, but if you we will. get in here again, I'm going to talk to you about songs that you guys cover and why you cover those particular particular songs. I didn't get to so many things I wanted to get with the two so of you. I know, there's so many things I wanted to talk Howard, about. Howard, we'll come back anytime. We're, you're our favorite person you to are, talk to. You are my favorite person to do this with, for real. I'm ready anytime. Happy birthday. You're turning 20 this Saturday. That's a big yeah. deal. Amazing. And uh, really great to be so successful so young. It's really, uh, and it's great to see you got your head screwed on straight, too. And you. Uh, you should have seen me at 20. What an asshole I was. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that. But uh, you two are fabulous. Thank you. And yeah, I want to get you. you back in here. And I have so yeah. many things to talk to you about. And yeah. say hi to your Send mom a, and dad. Well, we me. meant to talk about our album, but let, I'm so happy with it. Let us know about. when you're back in the studio, Robin and Howard, in person. And we'll come back as soon as you guys Beautiful. are back. We love you. This I'll is our that. favorite thing. All right. Lots take of love, care, you guys. And take, take care. care have Robin. a good day. And get some sleep. You too. Right. Bye. Love ya. There they go. Look at those two. Oh, I love them so much. I feel like they're our kids, you know? Like when they were winning all those Grammys last year, I was just like a proud parent. Well, I'm more like a a brother to them oh, uh, you're I like see. a parent I'm sorry. yeah i'm sorry you know i'm way more youthful parent <laughs> no i'm very youthful i'm very youthful i'm like one of their gang i'm like one of the kids oh, you're, you're a buddy you're a friend yeah, pal. i'm a friend i'm a friend uh all right anyway uh get I'll the be album a single parent then <laughs> by the way tomorrow ben affleck will be with us wednesday neil young oh uh, my two, goodness two people i'm really looking forward to talking to uh again the album is happier than ever and uh yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, and, and Phineas' album is Optimist, and uh, it's good stuff. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This week on The Howard Stern Show. Hey, now. A special holiday gift to our fans. Really? On Monday, Billie Eilish. Wow. Tuesday, Ben Affleck. Yay! And Wednesday, Neil Young. This might be the best week ever. Then Thursday on Howard 101, Ed Sheeran's Small Stages Concert Special. This is unbelievable. This week on The Howard Stern Channels. Yeah!